You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Yes. I've got I got a little present for you. Ooh. Right. Yep. I wasn't planning on doing this uh, here in front of company. All right, but his hand is conspicuously I wanted, absent. I wanted to do this for you, Joel. What is this? I saw <laughs> it, and I immediately thought of you. Tim Robbins, Stanley, James Gandolfini. What is the name of the movie? Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading the names of the people who starred in it first. Okay, I've been handed a film that I didn't know existed. Yeah, but, I didn't either. But why shouldn't it? Um, titled Cinema Verite. My f- the, the two most beautiful words that is in the English language. Your fucking crutch ever. on this show. You are ever spouting cinema verite. It's and I feel like Mandy Patinkin in the Princess Bride. Whenever you say it, because I'm like, I don't, word. I don't think that's what that word means. I do not means. think it means what you think it means. <laughs> no, it's kind of an inside joke. Uh, I had one of these uh, a buddy of mine uh, who went to went to film school up here at UNT, and that was like that was his crutch. Cool story, bro. So yeah, uh, we've got a guest in the studio today. <laughs> <laughs> I went to film school at UNT. Moving so right I... along, to get him to, well, then you were <laughs> hopefully you weren't one of them, but surely you knew many of these these d bags. Oh, completely. No, who, I, w- uh, I was actually a journalism major in an RTVF minor. Good. So that's where... That's why you have a living, huh? And and have a job? It has nothing... I'm not doing anything with any of my... Joel, gender equality, please. D-baguettes as well. (laughs) Oh, those are delicious. (laughs) They were all there. You got to get the ones when you squeeze them, they crunch. Those D-baguettes. They're they're filled with cream. My favorite. (laughs) After a while, sure. (laughs) This is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes, well, oftentimes they're bad movies, but sometimes they are uh, unsung gems of the cinematic universe, whatever the case may be. We will watch them and then come back here to this forum and talk about it uh, with you our lovely listener and in this case we also have a guest Devin Pike welcome to the editing bay thank you guys for having me here it's an absolute blast I am actually a fan of the show and the funny thing wound up being I lobbied for this movie to be on your show <laughs> yeah because I I, I I ran through the archives um, I, just as a callback, I'm buddies with Hillary Thomas, who you had on talking about the Tank Girl. wonderful, wonderful world of Tank Girl, and loved that episode. Drank a lot more episodes. I wasn't drinking while I was driving, oh. listening to the, the piece. <laughs> well, I was drinking, drinking, recording them. So. Yes, drinking and made makes it, it much better. <laughs> and I'm looking through the list, and it's like, how in the holy hell has there not been a Flash Gordon episode? Mm. So emailed Joe and said, I, 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 I'm hijacking the studio. Let's talk this. I'll, I'll suck the air right out of this joint. Let's 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 do it, man. And so I was like, let's do it. Let's go nine rounds about Flash Gordon. Uh, and so, yeah, from 1980. Can you believe that this movie was released the same year as The Empire Strikes Back with the special effects I was in this say, film? Like, yes. Yes, I can. Good God. It's so... It's wonderfully cheesy. Absolutely. But... Holy crap! Like what, you, you couldn't fine tune some of the visual effects a little bit before you got into into production here. That's as good as you get because you're comparing. It's it not to, as good as you get though. It's as good as you get unless you have Star Wars like budget. Like they threw all the money they had. They built up ILM after Star Wars came out. What so, was the budget on this? Do you know? Uh, I do know twenty million. Okay. Uh, only made twenty seven million, but that's North America. It's, I think it. It's still a success. I, it's, uh, yeah, by by some standards, sure. They weren't in the red, if that's what you mean. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. 
Um, but <laughs> well, not being in the red is a success, right? Yeah, but yeah, but when you take into account like marketing and all the, the push, like you 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 really want to at least double your budget. So okay. twenty seven. But really... we compare that to a movie like uh, what did we watch recently? Oh shit! That, um, um, it had a budget of what like forty it was million. Like forty it million. Made, it made five. Yeah, what I was think? that? It was like last week, wasn't it? No, or, it wasn't last week. Two weeks ago. It was a while back. Was this it torque? It was probably torque. Oh, it was torque. <laughs> yeah. No, torque made its money. No, back. that actually made forty six yeah, million. Yeah, torque right. made How its money back. How in the holy hell did that happen? Because. There will always be meatheads that like to drive fast, and they will want to watch these movies. And you're and you were dead right about about your take on it. It, it is a gearhead love story. There's mm-hmm. no question about that. Yeah. yeah, it was not made for the likes of us. No. What what would you say? Would you say Flash Gordon is a uh, a meathead love story? No, no. It's a it's a, it's a nerd love story. Is it a anything. nerd love story? Yeah. I think nerds are even a little more practical than Flash Gordon and Dale Arden are. <laughs> In well, the amount of time it takes for these two to fall in love? I get. oh my god, <laughs> yeah, right? They, they've known each other for like 24 hours, and they're already talking about having kids yeah. at the end of the movie. It's like, oh, whoa. Oh, Flash, I accept. <laughs> <laughs> Slow your roll let there, me go, Dale. we just got engaged! <laughs> we have da- Dale Arden in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's got money on that relationship going along? Well, once they finally get back to Earth. And no, he- no, they're trapped in the Ming galaxy as it travel or the Mongo galaxy as it travels <laughs> through the universe through physics that no one could possibly understand. Right. Yeah, but no. you heard her. She said she's a New York girl. She's, she's got to get back to the big city. It's a little too quiet. <laughs> fucking obnoxious okay. New Yorkers. Oh, so, my God. So let's start off with kind of the summary of what's going on in this movie. Let's. Flash Gordon, based on an old comic strip. I can't tell you if this movie, and hopefully, Devin, maybe you could shine some light on this. Certainly. I can't tell you if this movie is actually true to the comic strip or not. It's actually true to the spirit of both the comic strip and of the, the old 30s serials, serials the, the great Buster Keaton, Buster Crab uh, serials that... They a lot of the story is structured in the same realm where it's very fantastical and everything is over the top and it's melodramatic acting and it winds up being a lot truer to the source material than ones that came after it. Like, oh my God, the sci-fi TV series that uh, came out, I think, 2007, 2008. That was, they, they wanted to go, even before Christopher Nolan made it popular, they wanted to go gritty with it and realistic, and oh, wow. it mm-hmm. made nobody happy. I don't even remember that existing. Yeah. I remember hearing about it, but I had no, I have no connection to Flash Gordon. I'd never seen this movie up until 24 hours ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Joey, you were familiar with the soundtrack. I was, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and if you weren't before going into this movie, it's you just damn fucking sure are now. seared into your brain. Can we call a baseline a soundtrack? Yes, and it is forever playing in the background. Are you familiar with the movie Highlander? I am, yes. Okay, which Queen soundtrack was better? Flash Gordon or Highlander? I'm going to go Flash Gordon, I think. Just because I feel like they had... Apparently, it was 100% them, right? No, there was a, another composer on there was, it. There was a score? Okay, yeah, I was getting, his credit came up right after Queens. I was getting conflicting. For those of you that were paying attention. Results. Yeah, because there is kind of a bit of a, swa- a, a swashbuckler. Ooh, I'm doing like a, a Sean a swash. It was a swashbuckler. A swashbuckler. Obviously, you're not listening to the soundtrack. <laughs> the so, objects in the soundtrack are not allergic to your ears. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Amazing. So it's impossible to tell like where Queen stops and that composer starts, I uh-huh. think. Um, the composer was basically there for, for the BMI credit. It, everything on that soundtrack you heard was Brian May and Queen. Oh, That's really? what added, I thought. When they were doing the orchestration, uh, I, the British Symphony Orchestra did pieces of it yeah. off mm-hmm. of Brian's notes okay. that makes sense so that, that clears up a lot then so yeah i gotta give it to queen man because they were without that soundtrack 
not that this goes from a 90 to a 50, but it's diminished slightly. But you're saying that Queen's soundtrack on Flash Gordon was better than Highlander. I, yes. Devin, do you want to weigh in on this? I am not the person to ask because I am a Queen nut. Oh, I, saw, yeah. I, I saw Queen at the Longhorn Ballroom oh, wow. in 1981. Can I touch you right now? You, I just you want should. to touch yes, you. Yes. Wow. I, I spent all of the money that I had in my savings account to go to London for the Freddie Mercury tribute concert at Wembley. Nice. In, it's a good investment. It, it was. I mean, good God, that lineup was ridiculous. Um we won't. I'll, that's a, that's a story for whenever I start well, that's my podcast. A, I mean, back you had up. Annie, Annie Lennox and David Bowie out there, and George Michael, Metallica, Seal, Extreme, with an amazing medley of all Queen songs. Uh-huh. Um, Robert Plant singing crazy oh, little thing yeah. called Love. Uh, Seal doing Who Wants to Live Forever. Just an amazing, amazing night of music. But I I love the fact that they basically took what they were doing in 1980 or 1979 when they scored the film. Um, and turned it into a operatic rock score. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then used what they learned in that to score Russell McKayley's High- Highlander yeah. and some of their most iconic songs, Who Wants to Live Forever, mm-hmm. Princes of the Universe. Those are, they, they, they took what they learned from Flash Gordon and, and made it, you know, just ridiculously amazing. But again, I am not the person to try to compare. <laughs> Kill your children except when it comes to Queen songs. That's just the only <laughs> thing about it. Nice. Well, I'm going to take a stance and I'm going to say Highlander. You think I've, so? I've always been a big fan of the Highlander soundtrack. Uh, you know, as Devin just mentioned, Princes of the Universe, Who Wants to Live Forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that, that song in all of its forms that I've ever heard have been magical and just amazing. And, you know, like you said, if it wasn't for Flash Gordon, we may have never gotten those, uh, which, which is kind of ironic because at one point in this movie, Brian Blessed, who plays Voltan, mm-hmm. screams out the line, who wants to live forever? <laughs> right. Which made me think, like, okay, what what came first? Chicken I had to actually egg, right? go back and go, what came first? And, like, Flash Gordon this precedes one. Highlander by six years. Yeah. Uh, Russell Mulcahy put that line in there so they could A, write the song, and B, because he was such a fan of Brian Blessed's performance in Flash Gordon. That guy is, he's got to be the highlight of this movie. That's a a great bit of trivia, too. Now, Brian Blessed as Voltan, I'm sitting there watching him and I'm going, what have I seen him in? Thank you. I was doing the same thing. What else have I seen him in? And, you know, I hear that voice and I hear Boss Nass from Star Wars. uh, But there's there's this video series and it's like King Henry. Or, or Henry the Eighth, Henry the Seventh, sitting at a computer like reading Twitter and stuff, <laughs> and and it, like I'm, I'm, that's him, isn't is that it? Him doing that's it? him, and I totally searched, and it is, it's him doing it. I don't want to say his infamous line here, but uh, yeah, that's that's him, and it was, it's it's amazing when you go back and you kind of see like this dude, much like an immortal from Highlander, has been just like seeping yeah. in and out of pop culture since, I mean, probably before Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess there's a reason why a performance like his stands out because he's such a strong performer. You know, he he does kind of steal the spotlight with what little he has to work with. Absolutely. Uh, more likely his mouth does. This guy has the most gaping, he's like a fucking wide mouth bass. Every time he like laughs, I can see down his, his esophagus. He enunciates. There's nothing wrong with that. You should work on that. That's true. What are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Every February, we have International Talk Like Brian Blessed Day, <laughs> where people around the world will do video clips of themselves Great. in normal everyday settings, ordering a cappuccino from Starbucks. <laughs> you know, I would like to get the best cappuccino you have. <laughs> Gordon's alive! 
alive! <laughs> <laughs> and there's the line, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and you get kicked out of every coffee shop. Uh, Sorry, Jeff. I know that I needed to give you warning. <laughs> if, you, if you see me rearing back for a Brian Blessed, just bring the slider down. We're about down. to spike it. <laughs> it's about to spike. Uh, all right. So when the movie starts, we've got like... Obviously, it's it's Ming Emperor Ming, and he's kind of targeted the Earth, mm-hmm. and he just starts like messing with the weather, but like like a GI Joe episode. <laughs> I love that there are buttons. <laughs> yes, for earthquake, yeah. hot hail, hot for hail. earthquake. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Right. They don't know what the hell Earth is, well, but they've got a button for <laughs> earth, earthquake. First of, all, first of all, it's pronounced Earth. Earth. Did you notice earth. that? Earth. I like to play with this Earth before I annihilate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, were there were there no you know good Asian actors that could have played Ming? <laughs> I'm I'm just saying like maybe maybe Emperor Ming could have been played by someone. Well, you're not going to be happy with my recast, Joe. Oh, am I not going? How you're going into it? I, well, I don't think you're going to like mine either. But Ooh. Uh, so we've got all these different changing weather patterns and stuff. Right. And this just happens to to take place while Flash Gordon is getting on a plane mm-hmm. with uh, with Dale Arden. Mm-hmm. I almost called her Arden Lynn. Uh, Dale Arden. <laughs> A little Star Wars deep cut for you guys, yeah. uh, if you've ever played Masters of Terrace Kasi. So, Dale Arden, she gets on this plane, and I guess she's a travel agent, and, fla- like, there's all this weird, like, exposition and backstory that they're giving in, like, this throwaway dialogue. Right. Um, but she, she's, like, getting nervous because of what's going on. The- oh, by the way, Flash Gordon's giving pilots advice on, like, what to do I in like the I like that, too. Yeah, I'm going to be like, you know what? I, we got this. We're wearing the uniform. We have the hats. <laughs> we're in the cockpit. Think if Tim Tebow decides to get up in your in your grill and start telling you your job. Number one, douchebag, sit back in your chair and relax. Number two, you're a dumb jock. I learned this for a living. Exactly. I'm glad you brought up the fact that he is an NFL quarterback because that fact was lost on me until about halfway through the movie. Until he said he played for the New York Jets? Exactly. And I guess you see him picking up his luggage and it's got the logo and the colors, but that well, just he's also flew got over a, my head. The, no pun he, intended. The pilot has, a, has an issue of Sports Illustrated with Flash Gordon on the cover. And it's also in the title Flash Gordon Treatment, too, yes. which is just very incongruous. And the, the hey, can you sign this for my kid? That, sure. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't know. It's like, is this guy a porn star? Like, why do people <laughs> want his autograph? Because he, he looks like he has no other demonstrable skills except from being like six foot five and hulking. Yeah, well, he doesn't really understand what to do. Uh, unless he's got something that resembles a football. This in his is hands. my favorite. Thank you. I'm so glad you thought about that too. So, so jump ahead. Where our, our heroes are already on planets. Yeah, uh, Mongo. Yeah. Thank you. Tevye from Fiddler on the Roof has gotten them <laughs> yes. to get into a ship because Porkins from Star Wars got run over by a plane. Yes. that's Porkins, right? Yes, it I is. thought it was. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, so yeah, so they're they're being attacked by these guys in red suits, and I, I won't believe you the moment, but um, yeah, he, he has no idea what to do. Until somebody throws an egg-shaped uh, metallic object in his hands, and then like you can literally see the light bulb go off in his head. He's like, "Oh!" Like he just goes into NFL quarterback mode <laughs> yes. and starts taking these guys down, which oh. I think is hilarious. Okay, pause. Uh, all right. So in the original Flash Gordon strips, was he a football player? No. Okay. Polo player, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was. He was a world-renowned backgammon player. Oh, I don't. Well, I don't even. Nothing re- he screams manly. I don't really remember. <laughs> but he, I, do it he was the world's just... leading expert on shuffleboard, Flash Gordon. <laughs> Can't do anything until you put a long hook in his hands, like <laughs> a long yeah. pole. He can't do anything unless you put a long pole in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> now he wasn't a leatherhead in the original. So no. Speaking of which, there's a lot of like sexual undertones. Uh, can you yeah. even call them undertones? From the beginning, undertones, point, overtones. Side tone. Exactly. Sure. They, they fly into space, and apparently, immediately, like Dale and Flash are just like orgasmically rhythm, like just just gyrating in each other's arms. 
because of G-force? I guess is that so. is that why? Does is that an aphrodisiac? Because if so, man, I've been doing it wrong all this time. There's it, it's why just... do you think astronauts are so hot? <laughs> <laughs> I figured that was re-entry. Oh, oh, too soon, too soon, never no. too soon. <laughs> Uh, but, but too, yeah, too premature. Possibly, the, <laughs> I'm always premature. There's that initiation <laughs> scene with uh, the Timothy Dalton clan, yeah, yeah. where um, he's, he's got to stick it. Okay, so we cut to it, and they're slowly panning over, and all you hear is this heavy breathing. And then you see a bunch of dudes <laughs> sitting Jeff, around this tree. Get that, and let's loop that for like about 20 <laughs> seconds. I've done way more embarrassing things. But that's exactly, that's exactly what they're doing. They have these poles that they're suggestively like jerking up and down. And then <laughs> they stick their hand in this tree, and there's a living thing in there. And uh-huh. there's all sorts of symbolism going on. And oh, even yeah. after the fact, Aura says something to the effect like, oh, I just love initiation or something. Uh-huh. Like yeah, so yeah, yeah. Sexually suggestive. Joel, she's teaching Flash how to drive a, a spaceship. <laughs> Meanwhile, While trying, straddling him. trying like, so hard to get his rod inside of her. Like She is so desperate <laughs> for the cock yes. that like she's not even letting him drive the ship. She's walking circles around and then sitting back on his lap. I'm like, woman, he's a, a dumb football player yes. trying to fly a ship. Let him do this. Let him learn this first. Uh, okay, so we've we've ju- just a little bit. We've jumped just a little yeah, bit yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. I do want to kind of focus on uh, Doctor Zarkov. Is that his name? Zarkov. Hans Zarkov. Hans Zarkov, played by Topol from Fiddler on the Roof, and I think Octopussy was the uh, yes. the Bond film that he was in. Yep. And uh, and a Bond alumni in this movie. Very there much really so. were. Yeah. yeah. So. I feel like no one told Topol that he's not on the set of Fiddler on the Roof anymore because his overact, like, I'm imagining he's about to break into song in every scene he's in. But he's the only guy that kind of has put things together. He's like Mel Gibson in Signs. Like, he's the only guy that's put together that it's an attack. Right, yeah. This is an attack from another world. I was going to go Jeff Goldblum from Independence Day. That's good, too. I'll take it, too. That's good. I, I feel like we referenced the Goldblum a little much. Oh, well, you are not going to like my recast. <laughs> <laughs> Again. So he's got this spaceship, and he ends up forcing Flash and Dale into it mm-hmm. because he actually means to fly to, to to Mongol. Is that where he means to if go? If I were in Mongol. All day long, I'd my dum If I were a wealthy man. I would no. <laughs> no, but he, his plan is to go because he detects that there's actually an intelligent force behind it. It's not just cosmic anomaly. So he's going to be a peacemaker since no, since NASA's already called him a crackpot, fired him. Mm-hmm. That he's he needs to fly into this cosmic maelstrom and make peace with him. The problem is he needs Porkins to sit on the other <laughs> side of it and hold down the gravity lever. The dumb monkey. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the dumb monkey. And Porkins says, screw this. I already died in the Death Star battle. I'm not going to die for your stupid cause. <laughs> and he got shot by Jack Nicholson in Batman. Stay Never helps target. anybody. No. <laughs> Too close. <laughs> no, that's right. Loosen so, up! So he's trying to... Uh, oh, God, I love Star Wars references. <laughs> I know. So he's he's trying to get uh, Arden, I guess. He wants Arden to take care of the, the 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 lever he could give or take flash being there right you're the lighter you towhead boy get out of my plane <laughs> but they get, get in your position <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry position <laughs> uh, <laughs> position position flash oh Gordon God. the musical it's coming <laughs> this will happen you, your recast may or may not play into that oh, I'm so full of position mine does. <laughs> <laughs> I got mine ready to go. Oh, really? Oh, I can't oh, yeah. wait. Okay, can't wait. so they, they get to Mongol. They're there for like two seconds, and already he's telling Flash, 
you're going to have to be the leader of the revolution. <laughs> what? What? Isn't this a bit soon? Like, and this can't you a- see these poor slobs are waiting to revolt? <laughs> he didn't even want this guy to come either. He was going to no, take the girl and exactly. leave him alive, which is probably the call I would have made too, having to choose between between him and uh, and Dale. Is her name Dale? First of all, Dale can, Arden. Can we get a more feminine name than Dale? I thought it was Gail for the longest time. I'm like, her name's that, Gail, that right? Would have made more sense. <laughs> In the 1930s, Dale was a supposedly a, I don't freaking know. Well, as long as we're changing it's names. It's the name of women and chipmunks. <laughs> Can we get a more attractive woman, too? Because What are you talking about? She was okay by 1979 uh, standards. Yeah, but what about by... Really? You think so? I thought she was all right. She had that kind of Linda Carter quality to her. I yeah, guess. but you put her next to Ornella Mooney. And, Thank yeah, you. And then this everybody. is what I'm talking about. But Aura, you know what? what I, I feel like, okay, but she kind of has that Lynn Collins quality from John Carter, where she's she's yeah. gorgeous, like ethereal, obviously from another world. Scantily clad. And I think that's what she looks like. I kind of feel like if you're going with an earthling and then you have to kind of compare her Mm -hmm. to this Martian princess, obviously the Martian princess is going to have to be a little bit more exotic. I'll give you that. Um, But yeah, no, I I don't see the thing is I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I'm just not all about only, the TNA in not these o- movies. But not yeah. only was she not the most attractive actress they probably could have gotten, she just wasn't <laughs> even close to talented no. to throw in there. And I know you mentioned earlier, Devin, that you know they tried to echo the you know the uh, the, the melodramatic atmosphere. I kind of have to draw a line in the sand where it's like, okay, it's either melodramatic or it's horrible Sam Jones trying to act. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because the next time you watch this movie, and I don't care if you hated this movie or not, the next time you watch this movie, watch Sam Jones' lips. Uh-huh. His he... entire ADR? dialogue yeah. was replaced in post because he did not get along with the director. Yeah. So to the point that they re- did his entire Sam Jones does not sound like watch Ted that's not the voice you hear in Flash Gordon no no it's not and that that took me by surprise the entire movie every time he opened his mouth it's this really like like high pitched sensitive feminine sounding he's got the Mike Tyson effect going on yeah I thought that was jarring and and I was relieved when I read that too but then I was was, it took me a couple seconds and I was infuriated because like who's the casting director who gets the fucking chipmunk in there to to redo the VO for this guy right get get T-Daltz Get Timothy Dalton the there revoice. There you go. Oh, wow. Him. Yeah, just slow it down a little bit. Yes. Be awesome. <laughs> there were so many things that this movie should have never been made because of all of the script. Dino De Laurentiis um, was not uh, the producer of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, massive bidding war to get the rights for the film and didn't speak a lick of English. So when the British production designer gives them gives him the, the, the breakdown of everything, he didn't understand it. Ah. So he says, okay, fine, whatever. So it it's, winds up being so campy and over the top. You say melodramatic, I say over the top. You say tomato, I say shut the fuck up. And <laughs> it winds up being Jeff, turn off his mic. Midway through, <laughs> midway through the production, De Laurentiis is visiting the second one. What's going on? I'm not going to do a fake Italian accent. I'm just not going to do it. Good call. Um, I give you permission. No, as it's an bad. Italian. No, no, no. As a human being, I don't want to do that. Um, it's a me, a Dino. But, but what's going on? Uh, <laughs> it's a me, a Dino. <laughs> no, it's just. Ow, 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 ow. Sorry, oh, boy. Now, <laughs> got to think about that one. Nice. <laughs> um, it, it, and it was too late. The, the 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 train was already left the station. They had already spent like forty million dollars in pre-production costs and I don't care what the numbers say on IMDb or Wikipedia or whatever this movie costs twice as much as anybody wanted to admit Mm -hmm. and it just got to the point where they just got too far down the road wow you know though I I, at least you can see the money on film oh yeah this is an epic 
fucking movie. Even though I know what you're going to say, Joe, the effects aren't that great. There's some no, no, no. no. I, but what I'm saying, there's. I, I feel like this movie, and we've talked about this before with a lot of films, you know, especially studio pictures, you know, mm-hmm. filmed in a studio, where yeah, you know, it feels epic, but then there's also this weird like uh, it's claustrophobic, just claustrophobic feel to a lot of the sets, a lot of the things that are going on. Like it, they they obviously went with an epic sweeping intent. Yes, but to watch it on screen. I feel like I'm stuck in a cell with these characters. You think so? Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just telling you how I feel. And that that scene at the end, the the space battle, it's uh, almost rivals. Oh, I don't want to say rivals, but it, <laughs> it, it it harkens to like Return of the Jedi, where you have like the three different scenarios going on. At the, the three same battles time. going exactly. on at the same time. Yeah. There's there's a bunch of flying people, and you've got just just the costumes Hawkman. alone. Joel Hawkman, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. That's racist. <laughs> they look flying like the flying. The flying <laughs> no one monkeys. wants to be. No one's hear that anymore. From Wizard of Oz, Winglies. <laughs> really? Do they go with Winglies? <laughs> not even. That's, no. It's worse. Joe. I'm bringing that... Winglies back, yo. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm taking it thanks, back. Thanks, JT. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, there. Uh, so the sets may be claustrophobic and, and and not much to look at, but there are so many of them. And uh, Joel, I don't know. I was impressed. Okay, wait, wait. Wait, 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 I do want to. I want to back up for a second though, mm-hmm. because you're talking about like all these, like the multiple battles going on at once. Right. Okay. You have the Hawkmen mm-hmm. who are leading the battle against the ship, and there's a wedding going on at the same time. Yeah. Okay. That okay. So then, <laughs> and then Flash gets in the ship. the The ship, the, the slowest moving ship right. to ram the capital. He, he's in this thing for probably like he, he could have impregnated Dale Arden, and the baby would have been. This is like the well, end of. He did impregnate ice. Ming the Merciless. So That's there you right. go. Yeah. This is like this like 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 ice pirates. You know where, yes. but in reverse, where everything moved really fast at the end of Ice Pirates. How many is there a drinking game for people who listen to this show? And how many times you guys reference the movie fucking Ice? Pirates. It's on my list. Seriously, it is on my list. It will oh be an episode. God, someday. I, I salute that. I have to take a drink now. I'm back for that. Uh, so, so you've got this slow moving ship at ramming speed, and now at this point, you've got T. Daltz and Topol. Double T. T they're they're don't running call around. T-Daltz. I can't help it. I can't because it's going to make sense with my recasting at the end. <laughs> Oh no! Yes, sir. We are all showing our hands way too early. <laughs> yes, in this we are. <laughs> so, so you've got him and Topo running around trying to like turn off the power. I I don't quite agree with you that so there's so many epic things happening at the same time. I'm just saying there's a. It's in a movie like what did we we see where it was like 40 million torque. It, no, it was it was some it was one of those Nick Cage movies. Oh God, yeah, Torque? And it was like a huge. <laughs> might as well have been. I might have stolen. That would have. I think it might have been was stolen. It stolen? And they had a huge budget, and it, you couldn't see where it went because yeah. it probably went up Nick Cage's nose. <laughs> a lot of that actually winds up being the director, and this was the biggest problem. And I had a long talk about uh, about Star Wars and the transition from George Lucas to J.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. not from a storytelling standpoint, but from a cinematic standpoint, mm. where even though you've got the capability of showing an immense range of field, you've got a massive soundstage, yep. you've got green screens where you can make everything as big as you fucking want to, mm-hmm. and you see in the behind the scenes for uh, Attack of the Clones where they made this Rube Goldberg green screen device yeah, yeah. where you can actually almost see what they're doing. But Lucas's field of vision as a cinematographer or as a as a director, oh. he, he might as well no, have been the both. cinematographer, yeah. both. is so narrow that you feel like you're in a box. Same yes. thing with Mike Hodges. I think that he suffered from thinking small screen, and you have to limit what the audience is actually seeing. That first shot, and I know we're going to get into Force Awakens here in a little bit, but the first shot you see in that new trailer uh-huh. – 
where it's the sweeping vista that they shot in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking John Ford all the right? way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That. And mm-hmm. you would have never ever seen a shot like that out of George Lucas's mm-hmm. eye. No, no, why? Because why fly to Tunisia when you can have a fucking backstage lot Precisely. in, uh, in right. L.A., just right. down the road? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and obviously, you know, that speaks to the strengths of the director. That's why in the original trilogy that we know and love so much, Lucas only directed <laughs> one of them. I know, uh, and it's the worst of the three. It's, in, in, in my opinion, it's not, oh, no. it's not uh, as strong as Empire. I think Kirshner obviously built a better character story mm-hmm. with with Empire Strikes Back and I even think Marquand did a, an excellent job with his characters Marquand in Return of the Jedi. Marquand was a puppet. That was all Lucas. Yeah? Yeah. I've Lucas heard wanted that. to direct it I've heard that. and didn't have the time to be able to do it because he's managing building his own empire if you'll pardon the phrasing. <laughs> but you can see his hand up Marquand's ass through half of that movie. I swear it. But at the same time there are moments that seem beyond Lucas. Like the the, 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 the Luke climax and, the Luke the and Vader fight yes. the whole you know sister uh. you have a twin sister I feel like that's beyond Lucas. Like, Lucas cannot direct that. And that moment when they start fighting, the music starts oh. pumping in. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, this is well, – I still get it's like – I, I get goosebumps when yeah. I think about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So we never saw any of that in Flash Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring go it back around, go. Joe. Go, I mean, Flash go. Even, oh, in, even to the point at the – oh, my God. Doing her cheerleader, cheerleader moment. See, but that's we, the thing. Like, that's the what, I feel like I'm gonna. I want to smack myself in the face saying this. Can I do it? That's yes. That's one of those things that kind of made this movie delightful to watch. It that, is like it didn't take itself too seriously. It's so earnest, and yeah. that's that's going back to what we're talking about. The Queen. What's the better movie? I feel like Queen's music fits the tone of this movie a little better because it is. I mean, it's just, this is more of a comedy than it is. Right? What do you say? It definitely camp. It camp. Okay, I don't okay, say it's camp. I'll say camp. Uh-huh. I'll give you that because but, I can totally see this being like. Uh, 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 what, what do I want to say here? Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely a Raimi. It's got a definite uh, a Sam Raimi yeah. kind of feel to it. Yes, mm-hmm. where you're going to get a sci-fi story, mm-hmm. but it's going to be fun. It, you got like this. It's it's almost like your hero is running around with a lapel that's shooting you know water in people's face or whatever. He's about <laughs> he's going to pie someone in the face, but he's still going to win the day. Yeah. You know, and it it takes a very uh, I, I feel like a skilled hand to do what Raimi did, especially, uh, you know, with with his Dark Man movie and with with uh, the Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, even what he did with Spider Man, the first couple Spider Man movies, where he was able to kind of balance like I'm going to give you an action epic, but it's also going to be fun. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun. And I wish that I saw that a lot more from other directors. You know, people give Raimi a lot of shit for Spider Man three yeah. and and some of the other films that he's produced. And I feel like, man, back off. This is a dude who's having fun creating. I might not enjoy Spider-Man 3 from from just a fan standpoint. <laughs> I like that scene. I don't care what anybody says. And, and the thing is, there's a part of me that kind of respects where he went with that. Yeah. Instead of going a typical, like, Peter Parker is just a dick, a mean dick, and abusive. Right. He went a different way. Yeah. He went a different way with what people kind of abhorred at the time. Yeah. And it's, you know, douchebag hipster dancing in the middle of the street. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm was, kind of all right with that. He was more like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast exactly. than he was, uh, what's the guy from Titanic? <laughs> Billy Zane? Billy Zane. That's was just right. just like evil for evil's sake. Exactly. Yeah. Also in that same scene, talking about like a sense of fun, and again, going back to Bly- Brian Blessed. <laughs> Brian Blessed. You're right. What did you call me? <laughs> but I love how uh, during this, this scene where, you know... Um, 
Flash Gordon has the, the, the faux football and he's knocking people down. He keeps bopping guys on the yes, back of the head as yeah. they stand up. And he's having such delight in it. And, and so are his clan. And uh, if this movie took itself any more seriously, you wouldn't have scenes like that. In the no. movie. And that's what makes it. And also, when Brian Blessed isn't bopping, bopping little bunny foo-foos on the head, <laughs> you've got Deep Roy with his little sword you know, jabbing that people him? in the ass. Yeah, that's, that's Deep, Deep Roy. Roy. I yes, thought sir. that looked like him, it, but I was like, this guy isn't that old. It's but. Boris Pet. Mm-hmm. And and Deep Roy is that old, and he is also one of the dirtiest bastards you're ever going to meet. Is he? <laughs> oh my God, he's so filthy. Uh, filthy story, like, like, story. Filthy story. like Pigpen from Charlie Brown, or okay, filthy like how much trouble am I going to get into for telling this story? He was Nobody at to this a d- yeah, I fucking know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I listen to this story, and I'm not even showing it. Um, this was Dallas Comic Con. I want to say 2010. Okay. He he was a guest. And Cindy Freeling was a guest. She was the princess in Hardware Wars. Yes, that's right. Oh, yeah. She and was also a local DJ for a while. Yes, yeah. and and is still running around town, and she and I have a, a longstanding flirting relationship, though she has her relationship, and I'm married, and it's just one of those things. <laughs> but I love Cindy to death. And Cindy says, you've got to come over here and see this. And I, I look over at her phone, and Deep Roy has sent her <gasps> just the nastiest picture of him boning some groupy chick. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Just like, oh, oh you nasty god. bastard! <laughs> but you hear that? You hear that about Vern Troyer too? And, oh, Troyer's a yeah. oh mini me. Uh, that story I can never tell. No. And then who's the guy from Jackass? We man. We, we, we man. We man apparently is a fucking deviant as well. Mm-hmm. Because you, you feel like you can get away with stuff like that. Because when you're that small, they can grab you by your ankles, use your body as a vibrator. I think when you exactly. get to that <laughs> oh stage... You're non-threatening. You're non-threatening. Yeah. Oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> <laughs> he just sent me some scat porn. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> what, a, what a little miscreant. I have no idea how to segue out of scat porn. You can't. Uh, <laughs> so, one thing that this movie, you know, it, you could talk about all the fun that you want. Uh-huh. One thing that I felt like this movie was lacking mm-hmm. was like that that final conflict between Flash and Ming. You know, the the big fight yeah. at the end. You yeah. know, that, that's what I was expecting to see. You know, finally, like the, the, the He-Man Skeletor fight. Right. Uh, you know, Because well, <laughs> it works so well in that film. I'm going to tell you, though, like, at least they had it. Mm-hmm. And that's what the movie should be building towards. You know, you've got a, a scene in this movie, a moment where Ming comes to, uh, what is it, Voltan's kingdom, and he gets everybody out of there except for Flash. Flash is there, and they have, like, this weird, like, pleasant conversation right. about... You, do you want a kingdom? No? Then I'm going to leave you here to die. Okay. And then he just flies away. Like, I kind of feel like, well, that's the moment where Flash tries to fight Ming and then maybe gets subdued and is forced to stay there. Show me a little bit more of you as a as a, a opposing force, as a hero, instead of just, like, having a talk and then Ming flying off. And then finally, you know, when he comes in, he crashes the party. I'm thinking, you know, okay, yeah, he impales Ming. But maybe there's more. You know, this is a this is like a monster. We don't know anything about Ming, so maybe there's still a fight to be had. Right. And they kind of like the movie just kind of went up, oh, ran out of time. Yep. But budgets up. We got we got to end this thing now. Unions back in the truck. Up. We got to get these lights out of here. The That's little people point. are starting to get pissed. We got to owe them some coffee. I don't know. For every time that they you see Flash being the leader that everybody keeps saying that he is, from Topol all the way right. down to Ming himself. You know. Come on, we gotta fight together and beat this some bitch. For everything like that, then you see him be meek, like like yeah. in that scene in in uh, in the Hawkman's kingdom. I I get that, and it just makes me wonder if that was one of the many many rewrites that got left on the wayside, where you have an epic battle of 
of pain whips or whatever. Can we talk about the S&M in this movie for a second? That's what I'm saying, right? Please please let us talk about that. From the time where Flash is hung up in Ming's dungeon with the wicked, like, (laughs) head spikes and the... I... Wow. It's... Shirtless, I'm, of course. You I'm ten that part years out. old watching this damn movie, and I think Ooh. it. I think it might have scarred me. I think that I love it for a very odd. Show me on the doll where Ming touched you. <laughs> kind of Child Protective Services and kicking down your door. My parents were so permissive when it came to let me go to watch movies. Oh yeah, I, same oh here. Oh my god, they, they they let me watch Alien by myself at age nine. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> they may have wanted you to kill yourself. They <laughs> might very well. Looking back in retrospect. <sighs> You know, it's it's cheaper in the long run. We don't have to pay for his <laughs> oh high school, God. his college. Yeah, psychiatrist. <laughs> my family All was the same therapy. way. My father would be like, "Hey, come here, sit down. I want you to watch this." And it was like the it was First Blood, or you know, <laughs> uh, it, it, like anything, and it, like these violent, like gory movies, or just you know, really uh, the movies that would scar you. Dad was always like, "Come here, come watch this. I really like that." My father was really my influence when it came to film. Like I he think- he loves every kinds of movies, uh, uh, and and. I kind of enjoyed that. Now the guy can't sit through a movie without falling asleep. But at the time, like he just loved cinema, loved movies, and loved to that's share cool. those things. I think that's a better way to do it—to just toss your kid into the fire, the proverbial fire, instead of like waiting and, and then, sheltering them. Like, like and then I, be I there was. and be there to answer questions. He yeah. let me. He let me watch Platoon. There you go. I think when I was, whenever that came out, I think it was eight or nine when that came Dad, out. Dad, what's napalm? Yeah, and I sat there and I yeah. asked him. You know, after the napalm scene, and the guy got up and he stabbed himself. I was like. Why did he do that? And my father explained. He's like, well, because, you know, if he got injured, he wouldn't have to be redeployed. He'd be able to come. And I feel like that's kind of valuable. It's valuable for parents to just take the yeah. time and, you know, show their kids something. If it's not going to scar them, but show your kids stuff and don't be afraid to have discussions with them about the it. The closest moment I had to that was um, I was about 17 years old and saw Look Who's Talking with my mom in the theater. Oh, my God. And you remember how that movie opens with, like, Bruce Willis voicing the sperm, uh-huh. for, like, swimming up the fallopian tube? Come on, guys. Here we go. Maybe I wasn't. No, I, I was younger than this. Because this is '86 when this came. '86, uh, late '80s. I think '88. We'll look that up. Okay, good. Because yeah, I must have been uh, well, well past sex education. But my mom probably didn't know what 89. I knew. '89. Oh wow. All right. Yeah, yeah. So Damn. I knew what was going on, but it was that awkward. Con- you know, nobody wanted to break the break the ice, so to speak. <laughs> Um, and then I had a nice little conversation afterwards. Wow. Hey, yeah, you, you know what that was? You know what was going on? Yeah, thanks, Mom. That's Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> my friends are sitting in the row behind me, <laughs> snickering. I had a very uncomfortable moment with my mother, but it was much later on. And it was also with a Bruce Willis movie called The Color of the Night. Yep. Uh, and I, I, had just, I had just started working at a movie theater, and it was one of the... One of the most, uh, I don't know, I'd probably say the hardest movie that Disney put out under the Touchstone label. And uh, I'd started working in a movie theater, and I was like, hey, Bruce Willis, we love Bruce Willis. I can get free movies now. You want to go see a movie? And she's like, sure. So I take my mom to go see this movie that is filled with cock and sex, <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. It was the most uncomfortable thing. Like It rivaled when I was in third grade, and I wrote, Mrs. Ryan is a motherfucker in my spelling book. And it was caught, and my mother had a discussion. She sat down and talked with me about what motherfucker meant. You don't want to have and that. I don't want to have that discussion with your mom. Never wanted to have that discussion. Oh but did you spell it correctly? I did. Okay. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I deserve extra points for that. <laughs> Speaking of motherfuckers, uh, Flash Gordon. Is that hyphenated or is it one word? <laughs> one word. It was no, one hyphen. word. There yeah. you go. All right. Uh, Thanks, autocorrect. So, <laughs> Damn so, you autocorrect. so Timothy Dalton 
Do they maybe have a plan for his Living tree people? Daylights. Oh God, please! <laughs> oh my God! Oh, you We're, mean you mean the planet of Endor? Yeah. The, well, I felt like <laughs> I felt like what they did was they borrowed the Dagobah set. Yeah, and we're like, hey, could we borrow the Dagobah set for just a couple days so we could have Sam Jones fall into quicksand or something? Right. Actually, flip it around because they used elements of the Arboreus set for Endor. Oh, did they? Yes. See, I, I wondered shit. why it looked exactly like that. It, it, okay. the, the 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 tree people and stuff. Bear in mind, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, the British film community. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had a lot of the effects people, not necessarily the, per- the person who's lead, but they know the crews that they work with and they're all working on everybody else's film. The people who were working on the effects for Alien went off of that set over to Flash Gordon. Ah, wow. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Well, <laughs> and made a much better looking film. <laughs> that well, there's your difference between Mike Hodges and Ridley Scott. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, you just turn on the lights. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Shoot everything in dark. You can't see anything. Seamless. Yeah, but claustrophobia to have to have claustrophobia. Yeah, that was by design as opposed to I'm watching it on a TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So what else you got about this? <laughs> Let's see. Because um, I've got I've got all kinds of ridiculous notes, uh, but I kind of feel like we've 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 kind of touched on them indirectly. There's a there's a there's a very rapey feel to uh, to this feel uh, to this <laughs> to movie this feel? to this feel to this movie uh-huh. uh, in in a lot of scenes. Um, well, first of all, yeah, Ming is just going to make Dale his uh, his sex slave slash wife. Uh-huh. Um, Did it seem weird there. to you that like early in the movie, his daughter is like sexually seducing him, right? to keep Flash Gordon? Yeah, of course. I I want him. And but she's like playing with his beard, and, and then he's like uh, he's like prepare her for our pleasure. Yeah, what? our yeah, I know. Insinuating that there's a there's a train that's going to be ridden. <laughs> Did you remember yeah. the, the, with the magic potion? They have this potion. She's like, oh my god, drink, yes, drink Spanish this. It, just, it will make it better. And it'll she's make like, your nights it? with Ming more agreeable. Will it make me forget? No, but it'll make you not mind remembering. <laughs> that's kind of a creepy. I, what I want to That's how Bill out. Cosby got started. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Ming the Merciless. <laughs> what I want is not in my recast. <laughs> <laughs> I want to point out that a little bit earlier than what you have quoted there, uh-huh. there's a, a line where our, uh, Dale asks, "What is it?" And she says, "It doesn't have a name." How can you have this thing <laughs> that that is so like like it's got a specific purpose? You yeah. have it for a specific purpose, purpose, but you've never named it. It's in a jar on a shelf. <laughs> Everybody knows where it is. Or maybe it's like Prince, the artist formerly known as Prince. They just named turned it into a symbol, but it's unpronounceable. But they didn't even say that. Yeah, it's it one, doesn't have a name. There's goes to eleven. At it's least they went beyond. with unobtainium in Avatar. <laughs> you know, it's not mithril for God's sake. <laughs> <Mithril>. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, and, and speaking of Dale and misogyny, I like the scene where she's kind of like being hypnotized by Ming's ring. Uh-huh. Ming, Ming's ring, the ring of Ming. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, oh, no, damn, but it's even it, more than it. that. She, it's like she's jerking off like a human-sized dildo. Like that she's was doing this like, like when we used did. to go drink, and I'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Why are there not now. cameras? Why is this not a video podcast? Yeah, we got to start doing. <laughs> and that was as much as they could get away with in a family. This is a family movie movie it's fucking pg yeah. it's rated well, pg there was no pg-13 at the time it was just oh, g that's right. pg and r so, but you know you could easily make the case for r Hell yeah, yeah i you think could. for the time what was barbarella x that was an yes. x-rated barbarella movie. was yep. an x wow yeah because there and, and the thing is it's so funny to go back and watch that because 
it's really no more revealing or no more dirty oh, no. than what we've seen in this film. You see more on Fox after 10 p.m. nowadays. Yeah. You yeah. see Fox and the Empire has more of it now. <laughs> God. Uh, okay, I've got a, uh, a note about uh, the, um, the, the fight that Timothy Dalton... And I never call him like Prince Baron. That's his name. Yes. Prince Baron in this movie mm-hmm. and, and, Flash and Flash Gordon, Gordon are having this fight. They decide to do trial by combat mm-hmm. when they're taken prisoner by Voltan. When they're taken prisoner by Voltan, <laughs> uh, they have this fight on this platform <laughs> yeah. with spikes, <laughs> with with whips. And I kind of feel like you know if you, if you just close the gap, the whip's not gonna, whip whip ain't gonna hurt you. Just, just get close to each other. That's right. And like you know, fisticuffs. You're a football player. You could take some damage. Mm-hmm. Why not? You know, let, let's fight each other. And I know I've got to suspend disbelief when it comes to fights like this. And mm-hmm. I have a hard time with it when I sit there and, and, and kind of think, well, I'm not much of a fighter, but I know momentum. And right. if I get close to you, you can't whip me. Exactly. So maybe we kind of do something like that. Uh, but the spikes, I feel like, are an excellent touch. The spikes were great. I kind of wish they'd have played a little bit more of a factor because I felt. That Baron and Flash just really weren't concerned uh, with the spikes. No, unless, I know. Unless they fell down. This and, is boring. Give me the remote control. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That it's called Ooh. a remote control. And in it's, outer it's, space. it's it's not even an Intellivision remote control. It's not even a. Oh yeah, it has God. no joystick or anything. No. Yeah. No. It, it looks. You're like showing so- your age, by the way, by saying Intellivision and not Atari. Uh-huh. I am 44 <laughs> years old. I lived through all this shit the first time, so oh, yeah. you guys don't have to. Coleco, dude. Yes. Remember Coleco. Intellivision I, had the best Tron games. They did. Well, speaking the of- The Commodore 64 had amazing, amazing video games. I never had the Commodore I 64. I never did either. Yeah. Oh. That was but a sperm in my dad's nutsack. <laughs> Tell us about video games, out. Grandpa. <laughs> Back in my day, we had Pong. <laughs> it was on a black and white TV, and there was not even a fire button. You just twisted a knob. <laughs> Grandpa's going nuts talking about his knob again. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm, Give me I'm, some tea. I've got my, my notes are covered. I've pretty much covered mine. Let's see. Uh, was anybody else horrified by the scene where Dr. Zor- what's his name? Zarkov. Zarkov. Hans Zarkov. I call him Zorbak. Hans Gruba. That's from Space Ghost. Um, <laughs> where, he, where his memories are being uh, uh, sucked out of him, like yes. in reverse. Like up to the point where he's a fetus. Yeah, I know. Which, by the way, they skip a lot of stuff. Because it's like him adulthood. And then uh, him a little bit younger adulthood, uh-huh. and then jump and then right born. to him being born. It's like no, no, tra- no teenage memories you have yeah. in there. Yeah. Well, the but weird uh, thing for me was when you're showing the memories and they're supposed to be going backwards, but then you'll see sequences moving. They're forwards. moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So there's still a narrative structure in his brain. Yeah. So okay, I, fine. Then they get to Hitler. Oh, then Clytus. Right. Now he showed promise. <laughs> he already oh, vi- no. So we violated Godwin's law. Okay, fine. <laughs> There's just there's so much subtext. Uh, the, uh, but he, he avoided having those memories sucked out of his brain. Okay, and here's where I because, take issue. that's what leads to the Beatles. It armored him, girl. And, and, Shakespeare, and Shakespeare. I love that line. It armored him, girl. Even a line from the Beatles. <laughs> okay. But when did that happen? Like, I thought I missed a scene. I rewound, and it, it jumps right from him pretending like he's, you know, been taking over, one can assume, leading Dale out. And then we go back to Flash Gordon for a little while, and then we come back, and they're riding to safety on the scooter, and he's telling her about Shakespeare and Because Clytus and General Kala give him orders. Clytus, very co- close to uh, Coitus. Possibly. I'm thinking, or Clitoris, really. Um, wow. Thank you, the- Joel. I'm just going with the sex theme. <laughs> a lot of sex in this Give movie. him instructions to be their secret agent and go find where 
Gordon has gone off to right. and the Baron and, and the rest of all those guys. So he's going to fake being Dale's friend again so they can escape and lead them to wherever they're all holed up. Oh, good call. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there you go. Did we ever get like what the differentiation was between him being a level three and a level six? No. As far as getting the like reprogramming? Yeah. I thought that was going to be explained later. Like his head was going to explode or... Or that they, overload. Yeah, I just just something to kind of show, like, okay, she went against orders mm-hmm. and decided to reprogram to a six. Well, what did that mean? Yeah, I know. Was it just her little experiments? The, I, I, yeah, I have no differentiation. It's, between it's what like that the, means. it's like the ceiling fan. Everybody knows you've got three settings on a ceiling fan. Did any of us use this the lower setting? No, on no. or off. Yeah, on I'm, or off. I'm forced to use the lower setting sometimes. Oh, oh no, she gets, she gets cold. She gets cold. <laughs> she gets cold. Oh, pudding. I love the high setting. You put a fan on. It, it better be like jet powered. You want man. a vortex? Oh yeah. in your living room. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm not happy if there's papers still sitting on a desk. <laughs> uh, all right. So the um, <laughs> the wedding. The the wedding. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, you mean the Beetlejuice wedding? The Beetlejuice wedding. <laughs> All citizens will Where? make merry under pain of death. When I, can, <laughs> I love the that they ring. had to use two ships to do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't just have one long thing. Uh, God knows I wish I had one long thing. Oh, pudding. <laughs> <laughs> so they're getting married, and what? so the, the wedding ring, his wedding ring that he's going to give mm-hmm. Dale is his Schwartz ring that he uses to like... Is that, I mean, is that what that is, or is that did he give her that? Yeah, that's a good point because he still has it at the end, and that's what that's what he like beams himself into his soul did he into. Give her right? the Schwartz ring. I don't remember. I've seen this movie a hundred freaking times, and I don't remember if that's Man, the case or not. See. I don't know that we got to that point. Maybe the ship crashed through. Before I think we the ship crashed through. There. But yeah. still, I guess that was the intention, huh? Uh huh. Yeah. I, but wouldn't that have been better at that point? Well, no, because if at that point, ring. had had he put the ring on her, then he would have been able to prick his hand through and become flesh, and then would have been able to battle Jack Burton. I oh, love this. Sorry. I love Sorry. it. I love Sorry. it. Sorry. He, he, he goes big trouble in Little China on this. This is amazing. This is the best reference and ever. And actually, another tie-in, uh, apparently Kurt Russell. Uh, auditioned for the role of Flash Gordon and was going to get it uh, until Dino uh, said he wasn't charismatic enough. Whoa! Yes. Whoa! So bring in Sam Jones. Unforgettable name number two. So you've got Kurt Russell who was passed over for Han Solo. Kurt right? Russell who's passed over for Flash Gordon. And the dude is like a, a legacy. Like he's a legend. I, I, I couldn't imagine my life without Kurt Russell in it. He never got his chance to be the big hero other than Snake Plissken. Huh. Yeah. Stargate. Jack O'Neill. I mean, I mean but but the thing is, you, you did get a TV series out of it. You know, you you he has a, le- well, maybe not he has not, a Not legacy, starting Kurt Russell. Stargate, <laughs> no, Stargate, you know, He's doing the Expendables on. 3. And, but I'm uh, trying to think, yeah, no, Snake Plissken, um, no. Other than that, I can't think of anything else. Well, he's part of the Fast and Furious universe now, so I'm sure <laughs> yes. he'll be in parts 8 through 12. Mis- Mr. Man. Mm-hmm. He didn't even get Ice Pirates. Oh, was that's right. That was uh, Robert uh, Urich. Robert Urich, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I was going to say Guillaume. Robert Guillaume. <laughs> I want to see that movie. I want to pay for that. I want to go to the Fringe universe where Robert Guillaume stars in Ice Pirates. <laughs> he's just. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please go there now? <laughs> Eating emerald nuts. <laughs> I want to go there so badly. The please. Uh, so so he, he's Ming keeps his ring. In the comics, wasn't Ming like green? Didn't he have green skin? Or am I misremembering? His blood was green. And that part was, was blue. Was true. It's like 
bluish. When they had green. it in color strips, sometimes he would be pink, sometimes he'd be green. It was mood. Whatever his mood was. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was he was, mood. He was, a, he was hyper color. Mood, <laughs> mood blood. Mood he was hyper color Ming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hyper color. God. Welcome Grandpa. back to 1994. <laughs> I had one of those shirts, by I the way. I did too, sir. It was ill-conceived. I sweat like a motherfucker, and so I had like a, a, a purple shirt, and just my armpits were just pink, <laughs> emanating pink. Speaking of pink, yes, uh, that makes me think of Lady Gaga. Oh. This is I'm going roundabout. I don't think anybody had more costume changes in a movie uh, like Sam Jones did in this flick. You know, he was like the Lady Gaga of this film, like ever changing his shirt. <laughs> I just love that he wears a T-shirt with his name on it. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to get a sharpie Joel. marker. Joel. Baseline. Joel. No, actually, who goes? Savior of the universe. Here we go. Joel. Bleh. <laughs> 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 actually, we haven't really talked about the song that opens this, and, and that's a killer opening to this. Uh, it's a ki- to, but it goes on move. forever. It does, but you know, you've got the. I'll, I'll listen to a Queen song uh, in in full while I'm looking at comic strips. Uh-huh. Um, but I felt like they were building the character up. Yeah. Uh, that was not paid off in the movie. Well, they talk about, like, he's a miracle. He's a miracle? <laughs> King of the impossible? I'm not seeing this on film in the subsequent He'll two hours. He'll save every one of he us. He'll save every one of us. Man, child, woman, Flash Gordon dwarf. is Jesus. He is, he is, he is Christ of Mongol. Uh, I thought that was Superman. I, I, yes. <laughs> False God. Uh, uh, <laughs> do you bleed? We have some trailers to talk about. Yeah, we, yeah, do. we do. We should We should talk about that. We, you want to uh, save it for the end yeah, of the Yeah, I want to save it for the end. There we go. Uh, um, all right. So, the uh, God, what were we talking about? I completely blanked. Oh, theme song. There's the theme, theme song. song. No payoff. at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. No, they do. Release. They build them up. They build them up to be much more yeah, buttercup. than he really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Do you build me up? Build me up, Monica, baby, just to let me down. Let me down. When you're around. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this. So, uh, okay, so the end of the movie, mm-hmm. we have, like, the big end of Masters of the Universe where everybody's like, Very much and you, like that. thank you for what you've done, Gwildor. Uh, and... <laughs> Then, Where would you like to go? Anytime, <laughs> any place. Baron is the rightful heir. <laughs> like, like no problems, no problems. Voltan and, and Baron, they're totally cool with each other now. Yeah. Slap each other on the ass. Yeah, mm-hmm. literally because he Blessed's has ass no... is hanging. No, no. Blessed, Blessed's costume is rather interesting. Again, S and M. Black leather hot pants. Right. Uh-huh. The 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 straps for where the fake wings actually hang out. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the boots. Yes. And that's it. Yeah. That's well, his outfit. Aside from the wings, the glorious wings. And, that and he the has hair on. shirt that he's wearing because he's a big, he's a that, big burly man. They do. Beard of his, man. They all look like they're just on that on their way beard. to a midnight screening of a, a Priscilla Queen of the Desert. <laughs> yeah. Like it, or a Rocky that, Horror. That or they're going shot. to a Comic Con because I'm telling you, man, after watching this movie, I'm still wondering why we haven't had a Hawkman movie yet. Dude, yeah. I, I, I would watch that. Let's let's get Especially a, after that a Thanagarian hero finally on screen. <laughs> as long as we can cast Riff Raff yes. in, in the cast as well. <laughs> yes, Another please. Rocky Horror alum. As, what was his name? Fico? Yes. He's the credit score? He checker that, score. That's the name, the name of this character. He's a, he's a credit score. He has one of the weirdest lines and one of the weirdest deliveries in this film, too, that caught me off guard, which is, okay, so he he's... He's tricked uh, Flash Gordon, thinking he's, he's his friend for no reason. For, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for absolutely no reason. Just to no bring reason. him back to T. Dolls. Am I the only one who actually watched this fucking movie? 
I mean, I get well, like, but Timothy Dalton already had him in a cage. Right. Dalton was given. Uh, now okay. I'm starting to do what you were doing, <laughs> or was one of you fuckers? Uh, <laughs> Prince Baron is told by Ara, if you kill Flash Gordon, you ain't getting any of this, uh-huh. right? Any of this ever again. You will not Can't kill him. So For those of you who can't see, Devin totally did like this. the running the hands down the body, which is the same thing as what uh, Dale was doing earlier in the mill, <laughs> yeah. and it's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm pleasured. Um, so the You're trick is the only one. I know, I know. I uh, after the show, we we get the interplay back and forth between Richard O'Brien and and T. Daltz. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it only took that, two times. You know, if we trick him into doing something you shouldn't do where you've got to kill him, guess what? You still get that booty and Gordon's dead. Uh-huh. So that's why you get the whole trickery bit where you throw him in the little uh, quagmire cage and giggity and all the rest of that. <laughs> so, um, Yeah, and Riff Raff comes I, and pretends like he's r- a prisoner as well. Exactly. And sneaks and out. I know. I do better than that. I got the key. Darkness. No, no sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's I can just never a step to the left. That. Time is fleeting. <laughs> so I see Flash Gordon Madness. four years before I see Rocky Horror for the first time, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's one of the Arboreans. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fico. That's skinny fuck. <laughs> so so yeah. wouldn't it have just have been easier for them to like not put Flash in the cage and be like, put your arm in this hole? Right. Couldn't do it until she left. She who's, had to, she who's had to go back. Who's going to know? Well, I don't see any security cameras. Who's going to tell? Yeah. Two adults got him under his well, thumb. Everybody's going to be like, hey, yeah, Flash came over to the to the manhole and, you know, stuck, <laughs> stuck his hand in, 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 in the multi-anus. But that shows you how honorable <laughs> Prince Baron is because he's not even going to tell a lie to the lionist skank in the universe. Which he calls lying Nine bitch. bitch. Right? <laughs> That's what earning that PG rating. I feel like that's not honorable, though. You're still tricking Flash Gordon to come in so you can kill him. I'm not trying to get into his pants, just hers. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we've got uh, the ending where Ming, he he flashes himself into his into his ring, or does he kill himself? It uh, it looks like yeah, he's he's his soul is going in. It's a Horcrux basically basically now. Uh huh. Like he's he's split himself. That's where Rowling got it. Too much Flash Gordon back in the day. Oh my gosh. Ming who shall not be named. And then at the very end, the very last scene, or the very last shot, yeah. you see the ring lying on the ground, and the, the title comes up, The End. And then a hand takes the ring, and then they get question mark. Question mark? So, <laughs> and Brian Blessed so laughs. Brian. <laughs> I got paid for this. <laughs> you fools. Gordon's alive. Are you retarded? <laughs> Have you lost your mind? (laughs) Joel, have you never seen that? No. No, okay, I'll show it to you. That's that's where he's he's looking at the internet as Henry the Seventh. Okay. Or Henry the Eighth. I look forward to that. So who wait hold on, who so whose hand was that supposed to be? It's supposed to be Ming's. Flash Gordon It's supposed to be Ming's. So how do you get out of the ring? That's for the sequel, babe. But right. when's that coming out? Because it's, it's been never. It's been a long time. After we recast it, there will be enough time to do a Kickstarter All right. and get the motherfucker okay. going. Okay, fair enough. That's what do you think? All right, so um, does anybody have any notes they want to touch on before we get into this next part? Uh, I like the pillow fight between uh, oh, yeah. the little cat, cat fight, fight between Dale and Ara. Cat fight. I've seen a few more. I, li- I like that uh, even as Ara is trying to talk sense into her, she's still smacking her in the face <laughs> yes. with the pillow. Get that one last blow in. <laughs> Which totally rings of, of Sam Raimi, you know, and Bruce Campbell, you know, getting hit <laughs> right. in the face with branches and stuff. Uh, oh, I right. wonder who you cast your director as. The, well, <laughs> you're going to be wrong. What are you, Dennis Miller now? With that? <laughs> mm, babe. Mm, babe. Jingle bell. Jingle. <laughs> the... Um, 
By the way, we we give we, we give this movie so many jabs, but there's such reverence uh-huh. in the United Kingdom for Flash Gordon. Oh, really? This was their Star Wars. For I mean, it was it 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 only made twenty nine million here. It doubled that in half the time hmm. in Europe, and to the point where when they gave um I, I, oh it's an OBE. So, Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> old dirty bastard, Order of the British Empire. It's basically <laughs> oh, a, a knighthood. Gotcha. Brian Blessed, and the Queen is the one who gives you, you know, little swords right. on the shoulders and all the rest of that. So Queen Elizabeth II is sitting there in front of Brian Blessed, and he's, I'm trying to not be Brian Blessed right now because of the bloody buggery Queen. <laughs> Please tell me he did that when he was wearing his Voltan costume. He, was, he did not. He was he was properly attired. The wings. But Queen Elizabeth Red II, Bull. who is who is giving him the 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 Order of the British Empire, goes. Gordon's alive. <laughs> no way. Right. That's amazing. Uh, okay, you know what? I God do, do want to say, we, I should probably we say this. We mean it, man. Yeah. And God Save Queen, the band. That yes. uh, I I enjoyed this movie. Yes. Even though I'm giving it a never-ending amount of shit, it's fun. I had a fantastic time watching it. And dude, like the ratings on IMDb, it's like 81% with critics, 70% with audiences. Like I was not expecting that from a film this old, first of all, and, uh-huh. this, and this campy. Yeah. I mean, I felt like when I was watching Ted, I feel like, oh... Are they like overdoing it? Because I hadn't seen Flash Gordon in forever, mm-hmm. so I'm like, are they overdoing it? Are they just trying to take like an easy franchise? Oh, we can get Sam Jones, so let's kind of shoehorn in some Flash Gordon right. stuff. And now sitting back and watching it again, I could totally see that. I could totally see, you know, especially a character like Mark Wahlberg, like this being his hero growing up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember watching this as a kid, going, oh wow, this is fun, and then never revisited it. And I'm so glad we did now. Because I can't wait to watch this movie again. This is fun. some fun stuff, man. Yeah, yep. we're going to show it either at the Texas or at the Alamo Draft House here in Dallas um, very, very soon. Really, probably within the next month and a half. Oh, that's awesome! Because I, I can't go too long without seeing it on the big screen. <laughs> it's just so much fun. Yeah, and definitely a, an event kind of movie. Something oh, yeah. that you want to see with other people. It's long too. It's like over two hours. It feels it's, epic. Uh, an, hour the the word. an hour and fifty-two. An hour and fifty-two. Okay, Maybe yeah. it's just, it just well, no, feels you're, that you're long. <laughs> yeah, one hundred and eleven minutes. You're right. <laughs> Uh, all right, so what did the movie do best? We'll start with Joel. Sure. Uh, I said it before. It, this this thing is eptic. E- eptic. eptic. It's septic. Ep- ep- Epcot. It's, 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 it's peptide. <laughs> it's, it's septic. This movie's septic. It's got haptic feedback. It is an epic spectacle. Or a spectic eptical. Spectacle. Uh, ooh, it's, it's a spectacle. <laughs> It's the same thing. Um, <laughs> no, but you see, you you really do see where the money went, and even even when the the lead isn't that strong of a lead, there's so many other pieces of this movie that make up for it. Uh-huh. Notwithstanding, blind blind breasted, I did it again. Wow, Joel, how would you just say, <laughs> <laughs> Sir Brian Blessed, as we're to believe? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man, I I, I I like a big movie like this, and and it was very ambitious, especially the time, like you said, came out right. Uh, was it right before Empire? I think, or right, after? I think it was right before Empire. Yeah. So you got some competition going into it, and the fact that it's it's withstood the the, the test of time, and there are, uh, are legions of fans. Yeah, uh, speaks a lot. Okay. But they're begrudging fans, is the thing. It, it's it's we know the movie's crap. It's like fans of Rocky Horror. We know the movie's shit, uh-huh. but we love it because it's shit, and yeah. it aims high. And even when it misses, it's still. I mean, it's fun to watch. It, it's epic. You're exactly right. <laughs> I, I, I I can't say it. Just be the poll quote they put on the new like Blu-ray or something. Epic. The editing bay. Invented a word. All right. So what did the movie do right, Devin? It it made you feel like a kid going into the theater, uh-huh. and it, it gave you the same kind of feel. When you were watching movie serials in the 30s and 40s with, you know, the 
state-of-the-art for what it was doing at the time. If you weren't working for ILM, it did an amazing job of giving you that spectacle. It wouldn't have ever gotten made had Star Wars not been a massive hit. Of course. Uh-huh. And it was one of those properties that it, it, was, it wasn't really public domain, but it kind of was where you could take liberties with it. But they stayed close to the source material as much as they could. Mm-hmm. And it was just big, dumb movie fun. Yeah. Even 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 at the times where it wanted to be serious, you couldn't just say, really, mm-hmm. <laughs> or is grinding on it. <laughs> That'd get a pilot fired. <laughs> so, just so many things. You can watch it as a kid and dig it because it's big and shiny and colorful. You can watch mm-hmm. it as an lecherous adult and go, aren't that a buddy? Yeah. <laughs> There's, there, there really is something for everybody. Yeah. Uh, what I like the most about it, and I know I gave it some grief when we were first starting to talk about this movie, but what I do appreciate about it is that in a time where there was nothing but Star Wars clones mm-hmm. and everybody doing their best to try to replicate what was going on with Star Wars, this movie went its own way. Took a hard right. Yeah, it, it decided to do its own thing. We're like, okay, you know, we're we're gonna go, we're gonna go cheesy. It's gonna be uh, a, an homage to the to the earlier uh, the earlier source material, like Devin said. I I appreciate that it, it went its own way. It mm-hmm. did its own thing. It had at least the balls. To do that, to be like, all right, we got a guy. He's a blonde guy, you know, kind of looks a little like Luke Skywalker with the hairdo, you know. But but other than that, we're kind of going our own way, you know. It, it's it's not, it, it wasn't a Star Wars clone, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, and I appreciate that. Uh, and also just the elements that came together. You know, you've got like the cheesy, you know, uh, rear projection and the green screen and stuff. And like, you know, the horrible cheesy props. And st- But it worked. It worked with the visual style of this movie. Yeah. And then you throw that in with the queen, you know, every time there's a fight. Baseline. And you never know. Like, you might get a flash. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, you might get some lyrics at this time. But. You you kind of had that that heroic theme, that thing you could count on mm-hmm. for the movie, through the movie, that baseline and those characters. And I I find it really weird that in this movie, this movie that has a lot of problems, but is so absolutely delightful, that it is the most consistent movie <laughs> I've seen in a long time. You know, it made choices and it stuck with them. Yeah, that's and true. Kudos for that. Give you that. What did the movie do wrong? You want to start with me? Uh I I could take the easy way out and say Sam Jones. Uh, when you look at his IMDb, he's done two movies, right? <laughs> this and fucking and Ted, Ted, where yeah. he was reprising his role, basically, as, as, as Flash Gordon. Uh-huh. Uh, and if one of you guys has that, I'll let you speak to that. Uh, for me, it's the it's that love story. It's the shoehorned non-love story that happens within the span of 36 hours. Uh-huh. And we go from these kids... Not really knowing each other and and flat out having disdain for each other, like the looks she's giving him, you know, when they're meeting on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, yeah, they're talking about having kids, and and it's I, I, again, I don't, don't see it going the distance. But I don't know when everything else is kind of done with, like all of the motives are there for all the other characters. Uh-huh. We, we see what they're doing. I never really understood why these two kids wanted to hook up. Right. Okay. She's not even really all that attractive. <laughs> Dump her and stick with Aura. Stick stick with the princess. Exactly. But then you run the risk of pissing off Timothy Dalton. It's a it's a risk worth taking. It's worth, worth taking. Mm-hmm. Devin, what did Flash Gordon do wrong? I think that it was either too early or too late. If you make this movie in 1965, we're looking at it as a cinematic genius piece. Right. It it should not have been made because of all the problems that they had putting it together. And you can see it, you can't see a lot of the seams, but even when you do, you're looking at it as, okay, it's not Tommy Wiseau, but I think we can actually make it work. <laughs> um, 
there's there's and continuity errors. There's very weird tonal shifts. The love story or lack thereof. I I think you can you can pick it apart. You can, you, but it, the tapestry of it. If you tug on one string, the whole thing is gonna mm-hmm. just completely. But you, but it, it, the tapestry is what it is. Yeah. And as much as I, I I rip on this movie so much, but I have so much love for it. Yeah. Um, what I thought the movie did wrong, pretty simple. I, I think that if you're going to have a, a sweeping, swashbuckling kind of epic, you need that moment where the hero and the villain finally have their their face-to-face, sure. mano-a-mano fight. You've got to have that. That's, I mean, that's central to any classic, heroic you know, fight, the, the Joseph Campbell hero's journey kind of mm-hmm. thing. You finally, you know, you, you defeat that villain. Uh, and I feel like impaling him with a rocket is just, it, it, it lacks a little bit of honor. And so I would have liked to have seen the one-on-one fight yeah. between Flash and Ming because I feel like Flash never actually gets a moment, even though you have that moment with the, the, football, the football thing. Yeah. You don't, and the part where he's fighting T-Dalt, you don't have, sorry, Devin, uh, you don't have that, you don't have that moment where Flash really proves himself to be a competent hero. In fact, Dale is more of a competent hero than Flash That's is. That's a good point. She's able to break herself out of right? out of her 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 enclosure or whatever yeah. and find Zarkov and gets the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. Flash gets caught and gets killed and is brought back to life by Aura. <laughs> yeah. So but and still but but until I mean she still thinks that Flash is dead. Mm-hmm. So at that point she's got to, you know, take off her heels and start kicking some ass. The moment she finds out Flash is alive, she's the cheerleader again. Yeah, she turns she, into Willie Scott it, all over again. Very <laughs> very gender role specific uh-huh. for that period in time too. Very Great. misogynistic. Yeah. Extremely well, so. And so and I and guess I love that's it for that. I think that's what <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Email Joel at the editing.com. <laughs> so not editing bay, not edit bay. Uh, <laughs> um, the editing. Does that mean so, I don't have to do that part again this so episode? If we, no, you've got to do <laughs> it. You still have to do it. Uh, all right, so if we were to remake Flash Gordon today, uh, uh, savior of the universe, how would we do it? Joel, I want to start with you. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to start from the bottom up. Started at the bottom, now we're here. Boom, now boom, we have. Boom, 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 <laughs> boom, I'm going to start with Aura. Oh, my favorite. My favorite character in this movie. Hot little uh, space chick. Um, and another uh, another hot uh, local space chick, uh, Kate Beckinsale. Uh-huh. I might see her in that role. Equal parts sex, equal parts kick ass. Yeah. Uh, Baron, Prince Baron, who was played by uh, T Daltz in this movie. How about. Uh, you can visibly see, like, Devin. I know. I know. Like, like, now a we're just doing it. A piece of me dies inside. Well, you, what you're not seeing also is, like, like Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison, he's got a list of people to kill, <laughs> and we are now on it. <laughs> Uh, well, hopefully not on your list uh, is another Brit uh, by the name of Tom Hiddleston, a.k.a. Loki. Uh, I think he could be that prince yeah. part. And uh, it'd be nice to see him as a good guy for a change. Haven't seen him play the hero role. Uh, Voltron, the other prince. Voltan. Voltan. <laughs> He'd be played by four lions. <laughs> <laughs> that all come together. Um, or James Spader, one of the two. So, oh, God, yes. I wanted to go. Well, I won't. I won't say that just yet because one of you guys might have him because it's fairly obvious. But uh, in my mind, uh, how about Alfred Molina? In your minds? In my minds, my mind's eye. Uh, Alfred Molina as uh, Prince Voltran. Vol- Voltron. <laughs> Voltan. Voltan. God damn it, uh, Dale. This is Joel. It's the, not that the hard. The heroine. <laughs> I did. I did on purpose. Uh, the heroine, uh, Dale. Uh, how about Rachel McAdams in that role? I love it. Mm-hmm. Big fan of her. Yeah. Dr. Zarkov, uh, Dr. Zarkov, uh, how about uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum playing that role? 
<laughs> they're not, they're, they're, uh, spa- space aliens <laughs> are, are coming down. The apartment you, you 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 packaged it and patented it and, and slapped and it. And on and a now you want to sell it. You're and now selling, you're selling it. it. <laughs> um, and then finally, our final two: Emperor Ming. Man, this guy's a spitting image of Ben Kingsley as uh, as the Mandarin from the Mandarin from Iron nice. Man Three. So I was like, ah, get that motherfucker back in here. And then of course, Flash Gordon. This is a tough one because the you know the actor playing it. Um, he's charismatic, I guess, somewhat. Uh-huh. But, man, at no point did I think that this guy didn't believe what he was doing and didn't believe in the movie. And you don't see that sort of uh, believability outside of Mark Wahlberg. And so you have the whole Ted connection that's going right, there. You bring it back around. Uh, so there's already a connection there. Let's get Mark Wahlberg as Flash Gordon. So okay. That's my recap. Do you have a director? I do. Um, you mentioned earlier uh, John Carter. Uh, and this movie very much feels like John Carter. Uh-huh. And if this movie's getting remade today, I want the John Carter director. I want Andrew Stanton of uh, Pixar fame, also the director of Finding Nemo and Wally. Gotcha. To okay. do Flash Gordon. I'll go next so that way we could save the best for last. Yeah. Uh, you Joel, say I also picked up Andrew Stanton to direct my version nice. of Flash Gordon. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We were both avoiding the Sam Raimi. <laughs> I, I am one of the biggest apologists for John Carter, too. I love that movie. I'm right and, there with you, man. And I kind of same think, thing here. Great film. I, I would love to see what he could do if with any other, If any other marketing department other than Disney had a hold of that damn thing, it would have been a blockbuster. You know what? Uh, that, that's, that screams of like Netflix needs to pick that up. Oh yeah! When when it expires, Ooh. Netflix would take it and run with that it because it has so a small fun. but loyal audience. Yeah, sure. that would be fun. much like uh, Flash Gordon. So yeah. I went with a theme with my recasting, yeah. and uh, I decided to go with the cast of Chuck. Would oh, be shit. reprising Wait, all of these roles. Haven't okay. you done this before? No, I haven't done the, the you cast sure? of Chuck. No, I haven't done this. Okay. So uh, we're going to start with Prince Voltan, played by Adam Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Prin- nice. Prince Baron, uh-huh. played by Zachary Levi. Okay. There you go. Because he looks just like the character from uh, from what you call it with the with Rapunzel. Uh, twi- uh, twisted? Is it? Not, it's not twisted. No. Tangled. Tangled. Thank you. Uh, Princess Ara, obviously Ivan Strahovski. Uh, uh, Dr. Hans Zarkov. Oh, no. There were some times in this movie where Topol looked like Joshua Gomez. He just complete either Joshua Gomez or Jason Schwartzman. So <laughs> I went with Joshua Gomez. Uh, for Dale Arden, Sarah Lancaster plays Chuck's sister. Yeah. Uh, Captain Awesome, Ryan McPartland, obviously would play Flash Gordon. And because he showed up in Chuck as a villain and was also in this movie, I'm bringing Timothy Dalton back to yeah. play Ming the Merciless. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Uh, and a soundtrack by Daft Punk. <laughs> Be- today's queen? Because why not? I wouldn't call them today's queen, but they definitely have no. one of the best film soundtracks on their uh, on their resume. Fun is today's queen, or they want to be. They desperately want they to really be. They really want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Devin, this leaves you. How would you recast this? I didn't even have notes because I, 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 Don't waver, I waver back and forth on a lot of them. Uh, but Prince Baron, I want, and it's not really age appropriate, but I want John Barrowman to play yes. Prince Baron because nice. I very swashbuckling. I I can't put anybody other than Brian Blessed in that role. It's one of those throwbacks to the original movie. It's one of those stunt casting bits that you do, uh-huh. but. It doesn't require a lot of physicality, and Brian Blessed is still climbing mountains. Yeah, he climbed Everest four years what? ago. Oh my god! Yeah, he's 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 a raconteur. Ornetta Muddy because I feel like her acting might be on the same par as Ornetta. I'm going to go with Megan Fox. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like your casting. That's really good. For Hans Zarkoff, I'm going with Steve Buscemi. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. For Dale Arden, I, I, I hate the fact that I'm doing this to Olivia Wilde, but I, I think that she winds oh, up wow. being an amazing Dale Arden, and you can believe the chemistry. I don't care if you're dead, buried, whatever. Oh, I think God. that she winds up, you know, being it. For for Ming the Merciless, I want to see more of him, and I know that we're going to get to see him in Age of Ultron as a villain, Ooh. but I want to see Andy Serkis yeah. as, oh, as Ming the Merciless. Now, would he actually be on camera this time? He would time? be on camera. We okay. actually see him performing. Mm-hmm. I, he's, he's got the chops. He's, he's a got, great actor. He's got the height for it, and I, I, it's not a stereotype thing, but I, I, I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. And then for Flash Gordon, because of the Sam Jones factor, because of the blank to blow, I'm going to Channing Tatum. Uh, yep. <laughs> because I don't I don't like Channing Tatum that much, but yeah. I know that he's got the chemistry and even though he's just a big fucking talking big toe, I know that audiences res- would respond well to him. Olivia yeah. Wilde too good for him though. I know. I know. Wilde. That's why I felt bad doing that to Olivia Wilde. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I felt really really bad. I think she'll get over it. This glistening pecs. As, as far as the director goes, um also going with a British director, um but he has to atone for his sins for Battlefield Earth. I'm going with Roger Christensen. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) This will be his makeup. This will be his makeup. I want to put all the actors in giant stilts. Can we do that for Flash Gordon? (laughs) Man, I am so surprised that none of you guys uh, recast John Rhys Davies in the Brian Blessed role. He's a spitting image. If John Rhys Davies was actually in good health, I would do it. That's what I thought, too. That guy is deteriorating quickly. R.I.P. John Rhys Davies. Uh, You know, it's funny. You mentioned uh, Andy Serkis earlier. (laughs) What? I'm doing it now so that when he dies. To get it out of the way. Yeah. Just because he's on your fucking Deadpool does not mean you have to put him in the coffin now. I will not atone and never... Uh, he's another. on my dead. Can, can the Academy yeah. create an Andy Serkis Award? Please, Please, God, let that happen. You know what? Can I, they do that? For, like, I believe he, he deserves to have an award named after him mm-hmm. for the kind of performance he does. Yes. I mean, he's created a whole new genre of performance. Mm-hmm. And Well, he's... I don't want to say created because it was being done before. It was just never taken seriously, and he's he's elevated it to an art form. Yeah, he'll never get so he'll never he'll never get an actor's statue I know. because no. none of the other actors believe that what he's doing is really Can. solid work. Yeah, well, and that's it's a none shame. of the radio people think podcast is actual radio either. <laughs> yeah, so fuck them, showing them. But, yeah, but that's what they end up doing that when they lose their radio jobs. <laughs> so it's true. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll show them what's Get what. A little close to home. I well, kind of. I mean, I'm. <laughs> I'm still no, straddling. I'm still straddling that line, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so I'm doing okay Me with and that. Jeff. Jeff, you know, you're shaking head over here. <laughs> well, Jeff and I worked together. Jeff, do you CBS, have a background? Yeah. No yeah. way. Were you an on-air talent? One I one? was through my first two stints. I worked at 94.5 The Edge when they first went on air, yeah. and then I was at Mix 102.9 uh, in the mid '90s. And then my last tour on CBS, I was the web guy for Live 105.3 and Jack oh, FM and no KRLD, nice. and that was where I met Jeff Rowe over here. Interesting. Yeah. Devin and I have both put in time at Mix 102.9. Yeah, yeah. about it. Well, that explains why you're so good at this. Nice, nice podcasting there, buddy. Thank so, you, sir. Um, trailer talk. Yeah, let's, let's do let's, it. Let's talk some trailers. It's time. Um, I feel like I, I, I feel, and this is a really, this is this is really close-minded of me, and I'm going to own it. I kind of feel like I don't care about any other trailers right now. Once that Star Wars one got in my inbox, then before we even talk about that, is briefly touch on the Superman Batman because you brought it up. And and you you were underwhelmed. I, I think was... the entire internet was underwhelmed. Of course, it came on the heels of Star Wars. My my take on it, aside from the trailer itself, is why are we even talking about this now? At the end of the trailer, 2016. 2016. Why are they blowing their load so early? 
hold back until you have something to show and don't fucking compete with star don't forget star wars don't compete with avengers, avengers or jurassic world i wrote a bit and it actually wound up taking off on facebook it was the morning after you start seeing the, the empty suits teaser of the teaser uh-huh. where all they're showing is an empty suit of batman right. empty suit of superman <laughs> and i want to know who the bonehead in warner brothers's marketing department who doesn't have last week circled on his calendar because star wars celebration was scheduled um, over a year ago. Uh-huh. This is the last Star Wars celebration you're going to have before The Force Awakens. If you didn't think that a trailer was going to drop Everybody knew. on that <laughs> yes. day, Everybody then knew. I, I don't want anybody to lose their jobs because I know it's a horrible job market right now, yeah. but that, that's how much needs to be working in the mailroom because he just <laughs> wasted tens of millions of dollars yeah. of Warner Brothers' marketing money. on. You could have done it this week. Yeah. And it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Four trailer dropped uh, Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic World's trailer dropped today. today. You, you drop them in this week. Ultron is next week. Star Wars was last week. Mm-hmm. We're over the fact that you, you we heard the words that we waited 33 years to hear, even uh, though we didn't know it. Know it. <laughs> yeah, Three <exactly>. words. <laughs> and grown-ass men like us are just going... Crying. Damn right, you're home. I cried. I cried. (laughs) I had goosebumps. Oh my God. Who doesn't think that that is going to own the entire news cycle for Uh 48 hours? Yeah. Idiotic move. Mm -hmm. And and what's wild about that is, Joel, you and I have talked about it. When they released the first teaser for The Force Awakens, Mm -hmm. I was underwhelmed. I really wasn't excited about it. I kind of felt like, wow. I'm not liking what I'm seeing so far. It's just, and I get it. It's a teaser. It's a whole bunch of just random images. But I still like would have. It's called Star Wars. But I would have liked he- to have seen uh, some space. That big swooping hero shot of the Falcon at the end of the teaser that didn't grab you by the nuts. That was and twist. The, that was the only part where I was like, oh, oh, well, that's nice. The only but, part that's 20 seconds sir, of a 76 second <laughs> teaser. I, I can only tell you how I feel. All right. But when I when I've watched this trailer. It, it spoke to something obviously a lot deeper to me. You know, the the, the dialogue that's so important in Return of the Jedi yes. when Luke is finally revealing that, that he is related, that Leia and he are siblings and maybe they shouldn't make out anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Leia reveals, somehow I've always known. Wait. wait what, but, yeah, when he was tongue kissing you what, back what, in episode then what, two? Then what the hell's going five? on when Sorry, you're playing Tauntaun hockey? Uh, that was that's bad. That's bad. So You're that getting one. getting that like that that dialogue and seeing you know what is to me like obviously Luke touching R two with the hand. Um, it is like every part of me. That, and I think that's what I wanted. I, I since I knew that they were bringing some of the old characters back, mm-hmm. and I had some varied reactions about that. And I think I told you, I'm like, why? Why does it have to be a Skywalker story? Why can't it just be a whole other story about new people? It's a universe. It's a whole universe. It doesn't have to rely on the Skywalker. Walkers, and boy, was I wrong. You know, that was the thing that brought that emotional investment back, just watching that trailer and getting that dialogue, and huh, huh, and then, like, the, the silence. I mean, and even then, like, the, the, the homage to Empire as the Falcons going through the Death Star, mm-hmm. or not the, the Star Destroyer, the Star Destroyer. Yeah. Uh, and then the blackout, and the Chewie we're home. Yeah. I must have watched the thing on repeat like 10 or 20 times. I never got tired of it. And and I don't I don't know. You you were into the uh, the, the original teaser right from the get-go. I was uh and I expected it to be a very JJ Abrams teaser in the sense that he's going to he, he's you think he's going to show you Obi-Wan or not Obi-Wan. Uh Luke Skywalker and all the, you know, cuz we know all these characters were coming back and he didn't show you any of that. Like mm-hmm. you didn't get any of that shit except for that Millennium Falcon at the end. 
And I was like, well, that's fucking typical JJ because he's going to make you, he's going to mystery box when you think it's the red, the Ted talk that he did. Yeah. Yep. Um, the very first shot is like a character we don't know, but it's a stormtrooper, but he's actually a stormtrooper, and it, it was a clone. Um, so I, I wasn't surprised. I was disappointed, though, that we didn't get to, I, And I'm still disappointed with the second trailer. I just want to see Luke with that beard, with that fucking Obi-Wan yeah. beard. When are we going to see that? And if it's not in the next trailer, if they save that for the... They, they can't I'm okay. That, right? You know what? I feel like I'm okay. I am, too. With I anything am too. else that they do, I'm okay. I am, too. Because that trailer is magnificent. And I feel like if you put as much care in the film you're making mm-hmm. as your editors have done with this trailer... Mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay with what's coming up. What I liked most about it was, uh, and I, I posted this on Facebook, the 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 score that's underneath it. Uh-huh. And obviously it's the John Williams score, but am I wrong? Is that a new arrangement? Is that a new yeah. piece from no, this it's, movie? No, it's not a new piece. It's um, It was recycled from Attack of the Clones, actually. Really? They're, they're, uh, uh, two of the cues from, were from Attack of the Clones. The third one was from Return of the Jedi. But it, oh, I got the Return of the Jedi. Uh-huh. Right. None, none of the new score has been recorded oh, yet. I didn't think so. I, I thought that was so. new stuff. I thought it is totally John Williams who will be doing. He is yeah. coming out of retirement to do this oh, movie, that's and that's it. They better fucking that's do that wonderful. shit all at once because the mo- he figure w- out your cues, man. He's like eighty-two, yeah. man. Yeah. Although to be fair, he's got a machine working. I don't even know that he's been scoring his last <laughs> few films. Frankly, I think he's like Hans Zimmer. That's what they do. They have these apprentices. Jeff over here knows what I'm talking about. I think the They're only, I think the last truly original score he did was for Catch Me If You Can. That's what I was going to say. Up high. That's yep. a great. Hey, Joe I, over here hasn't I still seen haven't that movie. Seen it. I've never seen Catch Me If You Can. It's really a fun flick. Yeah. It, it's it, one of Spielberg's best. But it's not Spielbergian. And that's what I loved about it. That's why it's one it. of his best. And DiCaprio was great. Tom Hanks was great. It's just a fun, fun movie. Man, I, you got to check I it gotta out. I got to check it out. Yeah. And, and I think I told you that last time. I'm like, it's not that I don't like it or don't like the idea of it. I've just never taken the time to watch that movie. Yeah. Sure. It's and, and it's kind of one of those things that ends up falling under the under the radar. Um, all right, so we've we're talking. We've talked about Star Wars. More Star Wars. Uh, wh- what what do you want to see from this? What do you want to see? I mean, and I'm addressing this to both of you. In Star what Wars, do you, what do you want to see from this new film? Mm, I I much in what you said about you know you want a Star Wars universe where it doesn't have to harken back to the old. We don't need the new. Just put it in this universe. Give us some new characters that we care about. And I feel like this is going to be a, a passing of the, the baton. baton. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we kill some characters in this. There's going to be some crying going I'm gonna, on. I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say Harrison Ford will not survive this movie. This, this episode, well, damn, you didn't he survive the filming of it. The same thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody got to get him out of a plane, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. Screw that. Kathleen Kennedy said this on stage, and uh, I Ford, saw that Ford was not able to make the uh, the big rollout at Celebration because he's still recovering from that plane crash. But how much of a badass do you have to be to successfully? crash land a failing plane mm-hmm. in the middle of a golf course in front of two doctors. <laughs> that is badassery of yeah, a high fucking order. And you can only do that from the best star pilot in the galaxy. And I'm sorry, <laughs> it ain't Luke Skywalker. It's fucking Han Solo. And it will always be. But I think they're going to take this opportunity that they missed with Return of the Jedi because, as we all know, the original treatment, I guess, or the original concept yeah, was yeah. he wasn't supposed to survive. Which Ford lobbied for. Exactly. And I He think... wasn't supposed to survive. Lando wasn't supposed to survive. Yes. But I, I see Harrison Ford saying, "I'm not, I'm not coming back to do episode seven unless you kill me." I'm very, I, and see, I'm kind of scared because I've seen Harrison Ford do some horrible work yeah. in recent years. I've seen him involved in movies where you could tell he has his eaten, heart wasn't in his it. His heart was not in it, and it's going to break my heart to see him do an Indiana Jones Crystal Skull to this new Star Wars movie. 
Like, like uh, that is the thing that still keeps me. Like I'm excited mm-hmm. and I can't wait. I want to consume this. I cannot wait for this thing to come out. But there's still that little thing in the back of my head that's like, oh Harrison Ford, please just. <laughs> Just be be who you were back he, in the eighties. You know, I don't know. Give it, just give it. Even in that one shot, he had a twinkle in his eye that I haven't seen since, uh, that I haven't felt for a long, very <laughs> a long, long time. time. Okay, so am I incorrect? Am I seeing this wrong? Um, yes. It looks like Chewbacca is Peter Mayhew in a suit, but it looks like from the neck up, it's CG. I did. It, see it almost that. looks like it's CG because they're trying to articulate maybe the. Well, it's a and different. If it, it's a different mask, mm-hmm. first off, and everybody's bitching about oh, Wookiees don't age. If you look at it, if you look at it, and you you, you push a glass back on the bridge of your nose, you can see that his eyes are further set back, so you can see he's getting you know, his old age <laughs> and a little older. Oh my god, I. But what I, I take issue I with people well, wanting to number see Number one, Peter Mayhew is not going to be running around every anyway. No. no. Did you see the gut he had on him? He couldn't even fucking walk. On, well, at the Peter Star Mayhew had a hard time walking when I met gut, him years sir, and years it's ago. It's kind of his uh, knees. Just, yeah, his, his knees are when you When you're over seven feet tall and you get past 40 years old. He I should mean, not be alive. Well, shit, when you're 5'8", you can get past 40 years old. Things don't work. I can attest to that. <laughs> so you, you, you make certain allowances for it. And I, I don't know how they're going to work around that in this film. Because if Chewie has to take two steps, all right, call on the stunt double, and nobody wants yeah. to fucking see that. No. Yeah. I, and that's the reason why you have Peter Mayhew. It's the reason why you couldn't have Kenny Baker in this, because uh-huh. more so than Peter Mayhew, Kenny Baker is in failing health these days. Mm-hmm. No, no, so, really? Yeah. And it, it, just like for the very tall, yeah. the very short have very similar health problems with it, too. And his drinking didn't help with it at all. No, Kenny... Read the behind-the-scenes stuff on Kenny Baker. Oh, he, yeah. he, he and uh, Deep Roy apparently have the same kind of a behavioral. Oh, yeah? Are, are there, are there ongoing shots of him? There, I'm sure there are somewhere. Has he ever in, texted in the you? the R2 suit, a little thing comes out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deleted scene from Time Bandits. I'm telling <laughs> yes. you, man. It's freaking horrible. Uh, okay, what I would like to see in this movie, uh, a lot like what you were saying, Joel, with the passing of the baton, um, but I, I would love to see... A little bit more of what we saw. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, with Knights of the Old Republic, the yeah. video game. Yeah. I would love to see something like that. You know, something a little bit uh, that, that kind of twists your mind a little bit. That like maybe we're following this person that we think is the hero. Mm. And then we find out they're part of something bigger and could be, you know, uh, perceived as being like, oh, my God, you were the villain the entire time. I don't need uh, I don't need a, 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 a sixth sense kind of twist. Right. Definitely don't need that, but something that's – I want him to really tease me with this. I want him to play with my head. Well, bear in mind, there, there's a few things that people were finding out of Celebration that weren't in the teaser. For example, it's not the Empire and the Rebellion anymore. Yeah. You know, the, the group is called the First Order. Is that what that logo is? That's what that logo is. It's what basically the Empire morphs into because they lose control of the core systems and blah, 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 blah. And so it's no longer the Rebellion. Now it's the Resistance. Uh-huh. And that's who Oscar, Oscar Isaac's character is flying for. So it's it's still the X-Wings, but it's you know, the next generation of it and so on and so forth. Um we still don't know what the deal with Rilo Ken is. He's the guy with the lightsaber with the, right. the, the kickstands. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's that there's that really funky chrome trooper with yeah. the cloak. Yes. And is is that Gwendolyn Christie? I got $20. That's a girl. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You I think, think so? so? I'm ready right. for that. 
I would, I would love badass Rilo, female bounty hunter. See, I would have loved for Rilo Ken to have been Gwen Christie. Mm. Yeah. You oh, know, interesting. Give me a female Sith Lord. Because Asajj Ventress, yes. I mean, it's so amazing to have a, a not just a badass woman, but she will rip your uh-huh. skull down and shit down your neck. Oh, yes. Do yeah. we still not know who the Adam Driver character no, nope, is? Nope, nope. So, But presumably he's the Sith Inquisitor. S- supposedly he's Rilo Ken, but I, I, they, no one's given any kind. We don't know who Andy Serkis is. We don't right. know who... Christopher Plummer is. Mm-hmm. Christopher Plummer's in this? No, not yes. Christopher, no, no, not no, Christopher uh, Plummer. Uh, Max von Sydow. Oh, I get them mixed up. I get them mixed up all the Flash time. Flash Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that. So, uh, so that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see something that kind of plays around with that. How do you feel? Are you familiar with the books? Yes. The, how do you feel about them saying, like, okay, that's not canon anymore? I'm fine with it because they the writers have to be given enough latitude to do what they want. And bear in mind, there's a really tricky way that they worded mm-hmm. that release when they put Star Wars Legacy together, which is all of the expanded universe. They basically put it in its bubble and put it over here. They have the ability to pick and choose oh, things yeah. out of it if they want to. Yeah. So I, I'm fine with it because if I'm a writer, I don't want to be beholden to 55 different books yeah, that have, tell me what the plot's already been. You've got a fucking historian working Jace, on your staff. Jane, just Jace, to... Jaina, and Anakin. Well, they're, 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 God, there already are mm-hmm. at, at Lucasfilm. Yeah, uh, a buddy of mine uh, came out of North Texas, actually, and is working in the his- the historical department oh. at Lucasfilm. And all he does is Star Wars. I would love that job. He won't talk to me right now. <laughs> he will not speak to me because he knows I know too much about him where I could blackmail his ass. <laughs> it ain't happening. Uh, I, I do hope that in the future, I, I want to see Thrawn get his due. In the, mm. in the films. I love Thrawn. I think what you can do with that is you can do it as an anime-style movie. You uh-huh. can do it like, like what Marvel does with a lot of their yeah. comic books and graphic right. novels. It, you know, make it... And, and One of plus the anthology we, movies, right? Exactly uh-huh. right, which we, which we heard about on Sunday. And mm-hmm. that has me... You want to talk about a Star Wars film that has no bearing whatsoever on the Skywalker clan? Yep. That's what the anthology series is. Uh-huh. I like that idea. So... You can do anything. Rogue One's going to be so much fun. That's Rogue a great idea, too. Uh, but, but I I do hope I hope that they they get some of those Timothy Zahn elements and they put them in even if something like that just because of the books and I've read all of them Zahn's work has always been my favorite like I felt like he was the one that that wrote books that I could hear like the fanfare playing while the books going on you and know Brian Anderson's books too yeah 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 uh, it, it's it, I I feel like it's too good to ignore uh, but. For the time being, I am totally good in this movie without seeing some blue-skinned guy with a lizard on his back. I'm totally good not seeing that. But maybe in the future, maybe in an animated thing. Um, All right. So, what what other trailers do you have? Another anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, just one more. There was the uh, the Terminator Genesis trailer, which Uh which I can't watch. Why are you spoiler free? Well, I was warned that. There is a massive, massive freaking plot twist in eh. this new trailer that will ruin a really great surprise if you go into the movie. So I'm on lockdown on it. Oh, okay. I haven't watched it at all. Okay. So I'm going to take off my head. No, no. I won't mention it. I don't know that it's as big as people are making it out to be because it's, well, everyone's rolling their eyes because it could go a number of different ways. Um, this movie is just taking it in, in its own direction. Um 
Gosh, I really can't say much more about it. No, 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 no. We just won't talk about it. No, no, no. It's cool. It's all right. We'll we'll, we'll say it. Okay. We found out that Schwarzenegger's been dead the entire time. (laughs) He was just a ghost. (laughs) And only Haley Joel Osment could see him. (laughs) And his sister, Emily. Uh, (laughs) No, we're we're, we're done with that. We're joking. He was really covering his ears. Just joshing. All right. So maybe we'll we'll, we'll start wrapping this up. Devin, tell, tell the good folks where they can find you. Uh, let's see. Uh, a Google search for Devin Pike gets you Facebook, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> easy to find. Just Devin on Twitter and Instagram. Devin Pike at Facebook. Uh, you can find me doing stuff at the Fan Expo events around town. Whether it's uh, Fan Expo Dallas coming up in four and a half weeks. Oh God, it hurts because I'm <laughs> also the person who not only does the costume contest and the cosplayer carpet. I also direct the Saturday Night Shindig, which is the official after party of the show, where mm. we've got a fantastic lineup out at Gillies Dallas with the Returners, DJ Bentendo, Kadesh Flow, and a live reenactment of MTV's Remote Control. Oh. I cannot tell you we we had our first writers meeting last night where we're going over our categories and and questions, and I have not laughed that hard in a bullpen session in so long. I've got a great crew working with me on that show. It's uh-huh. gonna be so much fun. And that's uh, Saturday. Well, the, the show runs uh, Friday, May 29th through Sunday, May 31st, with Stan Lee, Nathan Fillion, Alan Tudyk, Marina Baccarin, uh, oh God, Robin Lord Taylor from Gotham, Ming-Na Wen from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Mulan. And Mulan. Uh, the, 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 the shortest shrift of any Disney princess, Mulan. Uh-huh. I, I, that's, the, that's the first thing we're going to talk about. Um, Good God, there's so many amazing actors and uh, comic creators that are going to be there. Go to fanexpodallas.com for all of those details. And you can uh, pretty much find me at the Alamo Draft House at least once a week doing uh, movie introductions. Nice. I, I do a lot of the quote-alongs. We did Big Lebowski last week. Mm-hmm. I, I I love strapping on the flip-flops and the, the robe and just throwing on sh- – we don't throw on Shabbos. We my, don't throw on Shomer Shabbos. <laughs> my girlfriend and I caught you when you were doing UHF. That was, that was hilarious. I can only say this. We're doing another screening of UHF in Ooh. the future. If you look at your concert calendar, you might be able to determine when we are doing our next screening of UHF. And that's all and that's I'm going it. to say. Oh, my gosh. Very cryptic. <laughs> I, I, did you just figure it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. did. Uh, all right. So, uh, Joel. Yes. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, nah. No? Okay. So <laughs> what's going to seem like next week to you guys is going to be about six minutes for us. We'll be talking about Daredevil next week. So That's there's right. a big, a big hype going on for Netflix Daredevil TV show, taking the nation by storm. And of course, uh, uh, Age of Ultron. Uh, yeah, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ultron coming out. Age of Voltan. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Blessed takes down the Avengers. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I, I have Mac- no strings on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he would be Thor, hands down, right? Yeah, well, if he keeps talking like that, his voice is going to be very Thor. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have seen the, the the 80s version of the of the avengers right yeah, yeah it's it's just this horrible casting of everything where thor has just basically a little sledgehammer for the most part <laughs> why didn't they get brian blessed for that oh, he was available that would have been fantastic <laughs> uh all right yeah so we'll be talking about daredevil uh ben affleck and uh john favreau playing foggy nelson That's taking right. notes Trying to figure out what he's not going to do in his Iron Man movie. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
So we'll be talking about that next week. Devin, thank you so much, man. We've had a great time, and please come back and talk with us. Guys, it's been a pleasure, and I... I can I can safely say that whatever movie you guys have got queued up in your gun sights, I can probably contribute some pithy remarks to it, or pissy remarks to it, as the case may be. Oh, good. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much Come for having you. me. All right, big round of applause for yeah. Uh All right, thank you, Jeff. And uh, Joel, thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, hey, uh, by the way, mm-hmm. we have a website, right? We sure can... do. It's not editbay.com it's not the editing bay it's editingbay.com you silly little rabbit so you can go there and find out all about the show we have links to our our Facebook and Twitter handles uh, our Twitter handles like we have more than one but our Twitter handle singular is at the editing bay Uh, follow us on at the editing bay if you're already following you're already going to know what uh, next week's episode Even is. Even though we just said Except what that it is. we just told you. <laughs> you can also follow us on Facebook. Go to Facebook. Go to the search bar. Put the editing bay in there. Find the woman with the bleeding eyes. That's us. Uh, that's where you talk back to us. Let us know what you thought about our recastings, uh, about you know what we've had to say about the movie. If we had anything that you feel like we missed, that's where you shout back at us, and, uh, and we feel sheepish for missing out on those points. Uh, also, if you download us on the podcasting app or through iTunes, please make sure you leave us a review and a rating. Uh, that really helps. We're looking at doing another live show very soon, uh, doing the American Ninja 2, yeah. the confrontation, <laughs> some Dudikoff at his finest, yes. the late Steve James. We want to watch that live, and we want you to join us, but <laughs> this time we don't want to pay out of our own pockets <laughs> because that was expensive, man. So we need your ratings. We need your reviews. That way we can go to sponsors and be like, look, see, people are listening. Uh, also, if you don't have iTunes, or if you don't have an Apple device, rather, you have an Android uh, go ahead and get us on Podcast Republic and Podcast Addict. You can search the iTunes library from there and find us and, and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Uh, and not just us, but all of the Next Wave shows. We've got MVP with Matthew and Danny. They talk about wrestling. Now they're talking about baseball. Uh, you've also got the 8-Bit Gladiators talking about video games with Jeff, John, and Jay. And then Jeff and Sam do My Comic Life as well, where they talk about all things nerdy. Uh, and uh, and thank you so much. That was a big mouthful. Uh, and now, <laughs> uh, and now <laughs> we are out of here. We have been the editing bay. You guys have a good. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.